Rain showers off and on throughout the day, a high of 42. Tonight, rain ends before midnight, which is nice, cloudy, and cool, high of 30. Tomorrow, decreasing clouds, high of 38. Wednesday, we're trending downward, sunny skies, high of 31. Thursday, back up to sunny and high of 35. So it's it's uh, up and down for the next few days, but there's no snow in the forecast, so that's always nice. Right now at Radio Bloomington, it is 35 degrees. Where should I begin? Can we talk about this? Say, what are you trying to say? Beyond the usual controversial talk. Blah, 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 blah. Over there. No, 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 no. One, two, cha-cha-cha. One, two, cha-cha-cha. Prepare yourself okay. for Craig. Okay. Preparing a mighty new spectacle here. Articulate. <laughs> stimulating. Yeah. Hit you right in the... There you go. We start becoming a team right now. This is the Craig Collins Show. Oh, Jesus. Oh, God, no. On WJBC. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. Now your host. He's a good man. Craig. Hey, it's the Craig Collins Show. AM 1230 WJBC. It kind of feels like I haven't been on the radio for a few days. I don't just mean the weekend days, uh, but I know we were doing the St. Jude stuff uh, Thursday and Friday last week. And again, thank you to everybody. Thank you to the guests that came on the show. Uh, Great job by all of our staff here throughout all of Radio Bloomington. Uh, We raised more money officially than we had raised the previous year, Uh, about $3,000 more, all of it going to St. Jude, a wonderful organization. So it was was a fun few days, certainly not complaining. But at the same time, it's been a while since I talked to you about crazy stories from all the different parts of our country and other places. So it feels like it's been a bit. Uh, And I actually was doing other radio things this morning which I don't want to get into too much, but it was it's fun. It's fun to bounce around and do a bunch of stuff. So, um, you know, even though all those things are going on, thrilled to be back here Monday at Radio Bloomington to be on the Craig Collins Show, aptly named for me, <laughs> and uh, thrilled to talk about some other stuff. I did want to start with the ISU uh, thing. Uh, Illinois State University named its first assistant to the president for diversity and inclusion. Uh, this person, her name is Doris Houston, uh, will start in a role that, quote, uh, quoting ISU's president, a strong voice to tell us what we're doing and need to be doing. Uh, only the first half of that's the quote and need to be doing, I think, was added added by the panograph. But um, very interesting. We've done a lot. This is also quoting uh, President Dietz. We've done a lot with diversity and inclusion, but it's been decentralized. So now they have one point person in the organization, one point person available. Uh, Houston's salary was also announced. $112,000. Not bad. Uh, the same amount she is making in her current position. So it's not really a, a raise or anything. It's just more of a concrete position. Uh, I do wonder, though, eight two nine two three four five, uh, what people think of that. Uh, not just here at ISU, but any school finding a person and, you know, maybe a point person to make sure that there is inclusivity to the to the location. There's, you know, diversity concerns are being met correctly. Uh, ISU has been fairly cognizant of a lot of those things going on. I know that at times certain groups of students have, you know, voiced a lot of concerns or been upset with decisions. And I think they've been pretty quick to to respond to a lot of that stuff. So now having a person, a point person to go to for some of these things seems to make sense to me, 829-2345. But I'd love to hear uh, your opinion since I saw that was announced. I figured I might as well kick off the show uh, by mentioning that story. Um, Also, and I, I like sit back in my chair as I decide to talk about this because I found so many stories today, like so many coronavirus stories. And I know, I know you're probably sick of it. The odds of us getting it, I, I can go through all that stuff. I can go through the like, we're all safe. Everything's fine. No American has died in America. Uh, unfortunately, we have lost one American citizen who was living in China. 
I believe it's only been one, though, uh, that's an American. Um, but there's another rise in the amount of cases, uh, the amount of deaths. I think there were 100-something new uh, deaths in China uh, from the virus, as well as another death out, outside of another country. I think even Europe uh, had its first death from the coronavirus. So this it's scary. You know, It's scary twofold. One, uh, I saw a lot of research saying that this virus can be transmitted by people who don't have symptoms. Uh, mostly it's coming from the cruise ships, uh, which I'll talk about in a second. But a lot of people can transmit the virus, be sick, but not be aware of it yet because there's no symptoms at all early on. Um, and sometimes not at all, I guess. Some people can get over it without ever being stricken uh, sick by it, which is crazy. Uh, but then just the fact that it's still kind of misunderstood. We expect it to go away as the season gets warmer, as we get closer to summer, and certainly as we get into, or excuse me, as we get closer to spring and certainly into summer, we're going to get to a point where it's not going to be a concern just because temperatures won't really allow the virus to live. Uh, but for now, I, I think concern seems to be growing. Eight two nine two three four five. Love to have your take on that story as well. Uh, but how bad is the Wuhan coronavirus? New research paints an alarming picture, uh, mostly talking about the potential continued spread of the virus. 37% of the population get a flu shot here in the United States. Uh, the vaccine is about a year away for coronavirus specifically. One of the researchers at the University of Minnesota said, trying to stop influenza in a community without vaccine is like trying to stop the wind. So there are a lot of people saying that as these, virus, as these vaccines become available, that it would behoove us all to take them. I know there are a lot of people who disagree with that, and I'm not going to say pro or con per oh I'm not going to say pro or con per se, although Mark Strauss is now walking in the studio. It's just to get a bottle. Just get a bottle. Well, I thought he wanted to talk coronavirus. No, he doesn't. Nope. That's uh, No, he just needs some water. I might ask uh, Mark to come in later because two things happened that were of interest to both I and Mark Strauss. One was Trump showing up at Daytona 500. That was cool. I, I, I'm not going to lie. That was cool. And the fact that he did a lap, that was a, an interesting decision to be made as well. Uh, but he's always wanted to. He interacts with NASCAR quite a bit. And he always seems to kind of want to do a lap or borrow a guy's car uh, in previous years. So the fact that he did a, a lap in, in his presidential vehicle was uh, interesting to me. I think it was a first. Um, and there's some other stuff going on. So maybe I'll bring Mark in later on in the show. Uh, but for right now, to stick with the coronavirus stuff, more and more people seem to be getting infected. The, the disease has these ebbs and flow periods where things start to go down. And then maybe if China's bad at reporting things, which might be the least or most surprising thing in this whole situation. If they're bad at reporting things, though, they might have spikes in information. There might be gaps that might be self-inflicted, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Uh, but the researchers said, as I pointed out, that a lot of people can have the virus and not know it, that the ability for the virus to be transmitted between two individuals who has it is actually higher than expected. COVID-19, as it's now being referred to in that world, um, is a virus that is is more uh, contagious and more resilient than originally thought, along with, of course, these continued concerns out of China. Um, if we get to the fact that there were people on cruise ships, and this is all throughout the world, this isn't necessarily just Americans, although Americans were in force, at least on a couple of these ones, including the one sitting outside of Japan, and we just chose to bring several of those Americans back into the country. And uh, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I actually think it's a it's a good thing. I think that as a headline, it might be a tad scary. You might read it and be like, oh, well, uh, I don't know if we need to bring virus here like officially. But obviously, we're well equipped to deal with any kind of risk involved in doing something like that. And more importantly, 
And this is where you got to just put yourself in the shoes of someone who's potentially going through something like this. If you were in a foreign country, or in this case, you know, just on a boat somewhere outside of a foreign country, struggling with something that you can find via your phone. Because, like, the other thing about the way in which quarantine works, both on a ship and then even beyond it, is, like, you don't really get access to anything. You just kind of sit in your quarters. You feel like you're in prison, as people have described, and your your true outlet to the world, if it's working, is your cell phone and some kind of, I guess, Wi-Fi service and or, depending on where you're docked, just full-on cell service. But these these people trapped in these conditions are struggling to deal with a virus and or, you know, even be um, uh, confirmed to have the virus. So if that were the case, they had been moving some of the people onto the shore and into facilities in Japan or whatever the country is. Uh, But the decision was made to bring several Americans back here. And I, I, again, truly think that that's a good idea. I know I know the headline might scare some people. I actually had some conversations over the weekend with people who said that the last thing they really want is to open the floodgates and, and bring but the, the people are being treated as as best as we can, and this country's pretty good at that stuff, quarantining them appropriately, bringing them into facilities that are all washed and, you know, everything is, is handled correctly. So I think we're doing the best we can. And, and if you were one of the people fighting it, you'd probably very much want to fight it here. One last quick thing about it, actually, too, because I found this tremendously interesting, and I don't know if you will. China's like burning their own money. They're so afraid of the transmission of this uh, this disease and that it might be on, like, one of the things we interact with most. I don't know if you'd ever want to burn cell phones, but one of the other things we interact with most, money, uh, means they're trying to clean some of it with, like, ultraviolet rays and locking it in containers for 14 days so that any sort of virus dies. But then in other cases, about a billion dollars, U.S. dollars worth of their money has just been full-on destroyed. And $3 billion has been flushed back out into the market, assuming that more money is going to be removed as we go here, as we find older money in what they, quote, say are hot spot areas. So that's a lot of things. You know, you can say we're fine. You can talk to the Department of Health and be like, look, we're fine. Nobody worry. But then at the same time, you hear that, you know, China is getting desperate enough that they have to start lighting their money on fire. That's not completely perfect. I got I can't lie. That's not a that's not a full perfect look. I wouldn't mind it being a little bit, you know, more under control than that. But hey, uh, what are you going to do? You can't demand everything here. At least we, all we can ask for from China from this point forward is that they're as honest as they possibly can be about everything going on, so the rest of us understand. I promise not to go coronavirus all day. I'll switch to other stuff. Got a lot on the plate. Quick break on AM twelve thirty WJBC. More Craig Collins show coming up in a second, including how you might feel like you realized what somebody's saying. You know, maybe they say one thing, they mean another thing. Their facial expression might be telling you a lot. A new study says... ABC.com He's the biggest Yankee fan in the Midwest. Back to the Craig Collins Show on WJBC. It's Craig Collins Show. AM 1230 WJBC. Went long talking coronavirus in my last segment, so I'm going to have to take a break here real quick. Um, but I do want to talk about this first, uh, a couple things. I previewed the story about the facial expressions and how new science is saying, yeah, you can't really tell what people are thinking or, or what they truly believe based on what their face does. Uh, but first, I also want to mention that I, I love when people turn to, to odd things to try to like dissect the possibility of something. Uh, that was a little vague. Um, a guy did 32 different Madden 2020 simulations. 
Why did he do this? And what is Madden, maybe, you're asking? Well, it's a, it's a football game. Uh, it's a pretty good football game, and people sometimes do several different simulations where they let the computer just play out games and tell you who would win them uh, to see who would win things like the Super Bowl. Uh, but Madden 2020, some guy tested out every team. The only variation, he put Tom Brady on every team. He was like, what would happen if Tom Brady was on this team? Because that's still the most dynamic story in my mind in football right now is where Tom Brady lands. And not even because I actually think that he'll be all that good wherever he goes. Depending on where he is, he might be pretty good. Um, but I think it might be the first time that you see the separation of him and the players and organization and really just Bill Belichick that he's played with and see how valuable it is. But anyway, this guy put him on every single team and did a simulation of what would happen, and a team won the Super Bowl. But it wasn't the Patriots. It says, according to this you know, guy having fun, if Tom Brady were on the Philadelphia Eagles, well, they'd be Super Bowl champions. If he went to the Miami Dolphins, eh, they'd go 1-15. So there's quite a few teams out there where Brady would do not as well and other teams where he'd do fairly well. Uh, he actually missed the playoffs with 21 of the 32 teams, meaning that the game thinks that they would make the playoffs if he played on 11 different teams. That's actually pretty good. I think that that's you know, a surprisingly positive idea for one Tom Brady, one of the best quarterbacks, admittedly, in the history of the game, although I do think now is trending on the, on the older side and maybe the skills are, are not what they used to be. I think that he feels more like a Rich Gannon than a true Tom Brady moving forward here, but that's just my take. The Dallas Cowboys went 10-6. and six. The Bills, Bucks, Jets, Lions, Rams, and Steelers all made the playoffs with Brady. Uh, he earned the AFC number one seed with the Chargers, but I guess couldn't finish it all the way to the Super Bowl. I mean, come on. If you see an iconic player playing on a different team and still succeeding, that's when you truly know. That's what Kevin Durant is doing in basketball right now. Oh, by the way, I do want to talk NBA. I know that it's going to be sports-heavy, but the uh, All-Star Game and the Dunk Contest was this past weekend, and, man, it was a special one. Quick break, a lot more. Joe Puma, rain uh, showers off and on. I almost said snow. There is no snow. Throughout the day, a high of 42. Tonight, rain ends before midnight. Cloudy and cold, a high of a low of 30. Tomorrow, decreasing clouds, a high of 38. Wednesday, sunny skies, high of 31. Thursday, sunny, a high of 35. Right now at Radio Bloomington, it is 35 degrees. And this is the Craig Collins Show. I contemplated bumping back with some American Idol stuff. Uh, did you watch American Idol? Eight two nine two three four five. Did you see the series debut, the season eighteen debut last night? Uh, the reason I chose not to is, I guess I'm not as mean as they are. Maybe I don't know. I mean, I thought it was interesting. Uh, they revived a long forgotten kind of American Idol tra uh, tradition, which is to show like the weirdest uh, people that did their that audition, the people who are bad and or wacky, the people who have odd stories, etc. And I think it was received fairly well. Uh, I read an article that said that, you know, American Idol has been kinder and nicer over the years. Um, so it's not really a thing as, as like it used to be where you have like the Simon Cowell judge just ripping on people and then the judges being mean. But maybe they just had an influx of of crazier contestants. So they did a lot more of these failed auditions. And uh, people, I think, were entertained if you view by social media or just any form of, you know, instant reaction stuff. It seems that 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 went well. So eight two nine two three four five. I'd love to hear from you if you watch the season debut, season eighteen of American Idol. My wife loves all the reality shows. She loves The Voice. She loves American Idol. Everything. Uh, she might even review it later this week. 
because uh, she does a review segment every Wednesday on the show. That's a real thing. My wife loves reality TV, and I love having her on, uh, so we'll talk about it later. But, you know, it was an interesting debut for the show and an interesting kind of back to what made them maybe the show for so I don't know if that alone. I, there was such a, a unique, you know, thing to discovering talent back when American Idol was the only the only platform. Now you have so many. There's so many places for these talented singers to land all the time that it doesn't have the same the same hit that it used to have, the the good performers. So maybe that's also why you bring back the bad ones because no one else is highlighting these failed auditions uh, as much as American Idol used to. And, and maybe it's the only thing that really sets you apart now other than the chair turning. That is always going to be a unique thing that the uh, voice contestants have to get chairs to turn around for them. And it's when people just surge in watching that show. All right, I've teased it enough. I haven't talked about it yet. Facial expressions do not reflect our innermost thoughts. Uh, That comes from new research uh, available just very recently. Ohio State University said uh, they asked the question, some of their researchers, Alexi Martinez being one of the professors who did it. uh, The question is really, can we truly detect emotion from facial um, things? And the the basic response is not at all. Uh, And I think the reason they were so curious about this, companies are going to do more and more research into who you are and what you like, what you want, what you, you know, respond to, etc. Uh, the big fear in all of our data just being exposed and out there for people to buy or look at is not necessarily because our privacy is being invaded, you know, by a by a hacker. But the truth is that a lot of those privacies are being just picked up by all the different companies out there in the world who'd have some level of interest in better understanding their consumer. Uh, the This study mentions that even though like facial recognition, et cetera, is all fairly new, uh, some states, some cities have been banning those kind of things or at least putting heavy restrictions on them. Uh, police departments, though, obviously would probably like them because the more we get that information out there in the world and the more you can detect someone who some camera saw somewhere, the more likely you are to probably catch more people committing crimes. I mean, if we can identify someone from somebody's porch camera and a a facial recognition software, that might be good. Uh, But in doing that, in adding that to our day-to-day life, essentially making Big Brother a thing, uh, we might open Pandora's box and allow companies to start researching things like what face you made while you were interacting with a, a member of a staff at, say, like a Target. You know, you're checking out at Target, and the way the facial expressions you say, they might try to determine, okay, that was a good experience, that was a bad one, et cetera, et cetera. And so apparently this study really demonstrated that's all, that's all just a can of uh, not, you know, a can of poop, I guess, essentially. Uh, one of the professors involved, Professor Martinez, said, Everyone makes different facial expressions based on context and cultural background. And it's important to realize that not everyone who smiles is happy and not everyone who's happy smiles. I would even go to the extreme to say, me quoting the professor continuing, uh, most people who do not smile are not necessarily unhappy. That's Professor Martinez. And if you are happy for a whole day, you can't walk around the street with a smile on your face. You're just happy. It's a very interesting study. Uh, The researchers also looked at algorithms some companies had used to determine customer satisfaction, as I said, and other human emotions through facial expression. Uh, Professor Martinez from the Ohio State University, I should do it right, uh, said, some claim they can detect whether someone is guilty of a crime or not, or whether a student is paying attention in class, or whether a customer is satisfied with a purchase. 
What our research shows us, and I'm not, you know, changing his quote. This is a quote. What our research shows us is those claims are completely baloney. There's no way you can determine those things. And worse, it can be really dangerous. Okay, I added really. He said dangerous. But it can be dangerous to assume that you know what someone is thinking or what's going on in their head, especially if you're a company trying to determine, say, whether or not employees should be fired. I mean, in those worlds, if you're at, if you're at a Target, if you're a, a restaurant, and you're like, you know what, I don't know, the smiles aren't happening as much when, when Beth is the server as when, you know, uh, Tina is, and so we're pretty sure that Beth's customers are less happy, we're going to have to let her go. Uh, this study is demonstrating that that's a really bad idea and not at all accurate because, again, everybody is different. And while I do say that, if you know somebody really well, if there's somebody in your life, a significant other, whoever, I think we all start to assume we can pick up those tells. Uh, but probably the reason we do that is because of how well we know them as a person. You know, like there are hints and clues going in. So even with this study, I guess I will throw out the one grain of salt that if you know someone really well, if you know, you know, a person and you can maybe detect it, you can't just assume you're always wrong, I guess. It doesn't hurt to, to see if maybe you've picked up on something that you haven't. But if you don't know that person all that well, according to the study, odds are you're probably really wrong about any assumption you're making that they think something, but they're not saying it. You know, just let words do the talking is the best thing I can say there. Now, one other quick story, and this is just something I was very much entertained by uh, this past weekend. I can't remember a time that I enjoyed it this much. Uh, the All-Star Game, the NBA All-Star Game, it feels like there's a, a you know, I don't know. I mean, there in the old days, you got uh, Michael Jordan, you got um, um, Dominique um, going against each other and doing dunks that are just insane. And then you had years of, I mean, Vince Carter was also fairly good at the dunk contest, et cetera. But it's been years since it was quite as, as amazing as this past season seemed to be. Uh, caller, what's your name? You're on the air. My name's John. Hey, Craig. Hey, John. I have a, I have a question off the subject. Okay. that's I'm, I'm welcome to those. What does exactly does gerrymandering mean? <laughs> that is very off topic. Uh, you mean like if you're gerrymandering for a certain area, to try to make the the voting area more or less friendly to a to a certain, uh, say Republicans and or Democrats, is that what you're talking about? I, I just want to know what the term means. Well, I guess if you've heard it in the sense of politics, someone is probably being accused of gerrymandering a certain voting area to say yeah. that it's been manipulated, it's been changed, so that yeah. they've so it's it's weird. Um, Any time that you vote anywhere, you're part of a district, right? You're part of a small group. And so right. it would make sense if I was just like a dude looking at a big map to just make boxes. Like just here's a box, here's a box, that's a group, that's a group. But that's not necessarily how these things are drawn out for for uh, voting. And sometimes different political people can get to a position where they can maybe manipulate it a little, kind of carve out different areas. And so when you accuse someone of gerrymandering, you're saying that you're manipulating those boundaries so that you're making it a very friendly district for a specific Republicans and or Democrats. You know, like this part of my area always votes this way. I keep them. This part always votes against me. So I'm going to cut them out of my box. That makes sense? That does make sense. It there you go, John. Like, I won't say his name, but he's a senior politician in Springfield. <laughs> I pick up what you're putting down here. Wait, I got another call. Thank you, John and Clinton, for calling in. Uh, caller, what's your name? 
John. John, what do you want to say? I was going to kind of try and explain uh, gerrymandering. Okay. Every 10 years after the census, they redo the congressional district in each state so that it's got the same amount of people in it. Mm-hmm. Well, they'll draw them in funny ways in order to – the party in power draws the districts in order to favor them so that they can win more districts. Mm-hmm. Exactly correct. Um, the, the party in power will make, and it's funny, if you ever pull up a map of like a district and you see that it looks very much unlike a box, because you just assume they'd all be little square boxes, when it's very much not that, that's when people start to accuse each other of doing it for political reasons. And I think there probably is some validity there that every so often, if you, if you carve out an area and you know spots where people are friendly and where people aren't, you know, you might uh, turn a corner a little sooner than you need to. I think that might be a fair thing every so often to accuse people of doing politically. Yep, and I think that has to do with more Democratic um, representatives over the last 10 years because of the way they redrew the districts last time around. Sure, yeah, well, no problem. Thank you for the call, John, for helping out, too. Uh, where Where are you calling from, Bloomington or Clinton? Okay, cool. I know the other Johns and Clinton, so I just wanted to make sure I have different Johns. Uh, thank you for the call, man. Thanks, bye. Yep. Uh, yeah, that is gerrymandering. I like that part of my show now. You know what? That is a thing. I don't care. John from Clinton can probably keep calling back and have questions that are completely random. 829-2345. I'm talking NBA. I'm talking other stuff. But if you want to go your own road, like, who am I to stop you? Just, <laughs> just call in with whatever. Um, but anyway, uh, the reason I think that the dunk contest was so... Um, interesting this year to me was twofold. One, it was in Chicago. The NBA dunk contest happened just uh, just a few hours from us, and it was weird that Michael Jordan wasn't there, actually. Not that I guess he, he should be. He owns another NBA team. I guess giving his, his power, his stardom to the Bulls uh, now that he's technically a competitor might, might not be ideal, but there were a bunch of, of old-school guys in the building. Dr. J was there. It would have been cool to see Michael there. But the dunk contest that, that ensued, the two guys who were dunking off against each other, it was amazing. And the fact that Aaron Gordon actually lost that competition after having like five or six very creative, very impressive dunks that all got perfect scores and then eventually missing, man, that was, that was odd. Even though Derek Jones Jr., the other player, uh, is a guy that's been great in several other dunk contests and just never won one. But if you want to be entertained today, my my suggestion, just go watch this dunk contest that happened over the weekend because the last round is incredible. And I do hear whispers that they accidentally picked the one guy to win. They wanted to just have them keep tying. And then somebody, I guess one of the judges, hit a button wrong. And so one guy got one point more than the other guy when in reality they just wanted them to continue to tie. And they should have just split that trophy. It was incredible wildly entertaining and even actually the format change for the nba all-star game was was a good time so if you watch that eight two nine two three four five call in about that or if you want to know what gerrymandering is abc my name is douglas kiker and what do you do what's going on i'm a garbage man i work on the back of a garbage truck so what kind of performing experience do you have i don't have any i set out on a narrow way hold on i said can you hit that note I set out on a narrow way many years ago. Every wrong rushing led me to where you are. Others who broke my heart, they were. 
Come on. Can I say this now? You're going, going to Hollywood. Hollywood. Yeah. Come on. If that doesn't make you smile, that's a pretty good show sometimes. That's a pretty good show. Uh, what's your name? Uh, what do you do? I'm a garbage man. Do you ever you ever sang in public anywhere? Nope. There's a first time. And then he goes he goes that road. I was I like I said, like I you know, I think I'm gonna watch a lot more American Idol this year. Eight two nine two three four five if you're with me. I think it's gonna be a very entertaining show. And uh, yeah, every so often you don't hate to laugh at somebody who doesn't have the chops but is willing to go on TV anyway. Because I think some of the people that do those those silly auditions, they're aware they're not getting through. They just kind of want to be on TV for a few minutes. And and this year, American Idol was playing along with those two. Uh, Redbox has debuted a new free ad-backed uh, TV service. I guess they're getting in that game because everyone now, you need to diversify. I, Redbox is probably going to start making their own shows, a la you know, Netflix or anyone else. Eventually, you're going to have Redbox-only TV shows. And the world as we know it, at least as, as far as television is concerned, is just going to be the most ridiculous. you got to watch this thing over here. Uh, when was the last time? Here's a question. Uh, the question for the show, actually. What was the name of the show? And when was the last time that you had like a, a show that took over The Office or at least took over several people? I know The Bachelor here has at least three or four people watching it. Um, but I don't think it's ever been like the entire community. Everyone, there's no must-see show right now on television. And I know people might turn blue in the face saying, yeah, mine is. But the difference between now and, say, you know, even when Friends was having its finale, certainly when Seinfeld, MASH, I mean, that's a ridiculous comparison uh, to go that far back. But but all these shows were like such tentpole moments for everyone. You, you would go to a workplace, you'd go to school, wherever you were, and you would just have conversations where everyone saw it. And in today's world, with all these different TV shows and things happening everywhere, you can talk about a TV show and someone you're talking to will have 65 different ideas uh, for what right now. Actually, I have one. I'm watching Younger. It's on TV land. Um, it's, it's a good show. I like it. I think it's funny. Uh, my wife got us into it. She keeps picking programs and then we, we binge them. And we're a season deep, almost two seasons now, into Younger. Uh, the premise is a 40-year-old woman who's recently divorced has to try to get a job, but because she walked away from the print industry years ago, she's struggling to get back in the door, so she pretends to be 26, and hijinks ensues. Uh, but no, it actually is a pretty good show. Right now, as far as Redbox is concerned, they're only making this free service, the TiVo version of their service, just to to get in on the industry. But who knows? There, there are ideas probably in the future that they start making, and I quote, snackable different programs, news, comedy, etc. So maybe shorter videos. I don't think we're getting TikTok short here, but shorter. And then it might grow from there. And then you'll have yet another subscription. Someone will make a ton of money if they can bundle them all together. You know, I'm going to describe cable TV, by the way, real quick. Bundle them all together and sell you all of them for one price and maybe make it, you know, some wire into your home so you can just get them all in the same location. That guy is going to be rich. Quick break. A lot more in AM. Showers off and on throughout the day, a high of 42. Tonight, rain ends before midnight, cloudy and cool, a low of 30. Tomorrow, decreasing clouds, high of 38. Wednesday, sunny skies, a high of 31. Thursday, sunny, 35 degrees. Right now at Radio Bloomington, it is 36 degrees. I have a guest in studio. I want to get right to my guest. I want to talk. This is the Craig Collins Show, by the way, AM 1230 WJBC. I want to talk local politics because I don't do enough of that on my show. 
And I want to. I want to figure out a lot more of what's going on in the area. But I need smart people like Jim Soldner to come in here and tell me these kind of things. So, Jim, welcome to the show. Thanks a lot. First, I want to tell you congratulations on your St. Jude uh, Radiothon. You surpassed your goal. I helped out with that a couple years, and it's always a good cause. So uh, I'm glad that you did well. Uh, It it was something else to to be told by, you know, the management people here that that's something we were going to do for a couple days and then to learn about it and then to actually, you know, be a part of this Radiothon this last year. It's it's very moving. Moving and I'm, I'm thrilled that it went so well. Yeah, it was good. Because otherwise, they were all going to blame me. You know, I'm the <laughs> new right. guy. If we if we went lower, they're like, ah, Collins, it's he all held your us fault, back. right? But no, it's okay. Yeah. Uh, but so let's hit some of the bigger things going on for you guys, uh, the county people, um, talking about different. And by the way, you should point out that McLean County government is different than Bloomington's government. Obviously, it's different than some of the other organizations that might exist. So there is confusion sometimes as to what stuff you guys handle and what stuff other different organizations handle right it is it's uh you know the county government does a lot of stuff and some of it's pretty mundane some of it gets a little more exciting you know we uh you know we just changed we raised some fees for our boat rents at at, uh, kamalara park but but then we're also dealing with cannabis so there's a large range of different (laughs) things we deal with so we meet tomorrow at 5 30 tomorrow night so when our regular board meeting is yeah we have a we're a committee structure so we have seven different committees and they all meet ahead of time to Mm -hmm. do the the biggest part of the work Bring all the results to the full board, sure. And so then we—that's when we vote on stuff. So got it. Um, one of the issues that we're dealing with right now is our nursing home. We have a McLean County nursing home. Yes. Uh, we're having some financial problems there. We'll be honest with you. There, uh, and the biggest problem is our reimbursement from either private pay or mostly from Medicare and Medicaid. Gotcha. Um, they're actually behind to the tune of about three million dollars. Wow. So if we had that money, that would help us a lot. So um, about a year and a half, two years ago, uh, Chairman McIntyre appointed a blue ribbon panel to try and find some solutions. Mm -hmm. And so we're working on those now. And one of those solutions is we're going to try and do a little bit more advertising to try and get our population up. Right now, we're a little low on the population. Gotcha. So... um, we're going to spend a little money with WJBC. There you go. Hey, well, uh, with, nice. So hopefully you can ask for a pay raise now. Right, well, I will. I'll submit it immediately. And so we're trying to make, uh, between that and some improvements that we're doing at the nursing home, mm-hmm. we're trying to make it a little more attractive, trying to freshen up a little bit. Okay. Uh, we found that if we can get the, the hospitals to send patients, you know, a lot of times if you have someone that needs to go to the nursing home, you don't have a clue on where to go. Yeah. If we can get them to, to recommend the McLean County Nursing Home, to, it, you know, make things a little nicer, I think that'll help our, our census and that'll help with our problems out there. Sure. Uh, you are saying that you're way behind on the Medicare and Medicaid thing. Is there a solution to, to fixing that issue, or well, is it just waiting? A, a, a lot of it's waiting. Again, another one of the things the panel recommended was hiring somebody that dealt strictly with Medicare and Medicaid to, gotcha. to call them up every day and say, hey, where's <laughs> our money? And honestly, that sounds funny, but that's what a lot of it is. When you're dealing with yeah. thousands of different providers, uh-huh. um, a, a different units of government, they're going to you know, squeaky wheel. Right. Hey, look, I'm an Italian from the East Coast. I understand calling somebody up and being like, hey, where's the where's the money, Omi? I get That's it. Right. And I know you guys don't do it the same way, but I do have some relatives if you ever need some help. <laughs> <Okay>. um, <laughs> there's a new uh, sexual harassment policy as well that you guys are talking yes, about, Yes. Right? Uh, General Assembly passed a law that in this last session saying that sexual harassment policies have to be education that, you know, people have to be made aware of that yeah. every year, not just when they're first hired. Mm-hmm. So now we're going to have a new program to where every employee is going to have training every year. Sure. 
um, so they know what's going on with sexual harassment. And again, it's a it's a situation that crops up from time to time. I can't really think in my own mind where we had anything specifically in the recent history, okay. but it's something we have to look at. And it's, you know, it's not just county government, it's everybody. Well, and continuing education in those areas seems to be pretty important. There are, are ever-evolving ways in which people um, can feel, you know, uh, wronged or feel certain things happening. So it, it makes sense to continue to be on top of, of educating and making sure that employees, et cetera, are aware of, of the most recent policies, the most recent things happening in those areas. Right. And yeah. it's not just, you know, the, doing the right thing. It's also a liability. Yeah. Uh, you know, if an employee gets harassed, they can turn around and sue the county. And so it's mm-hmm. it could cost taxpayers a lot of money. So that's an, another thing we're looking at, why we want to do the right thing. There we go. Protect our money. I love that's that. Right. Uh, there's a new zero tolerance drug policy, too. And I'm curious about uh, some of that and how it relates to, to marijuana. Maybe we can get that uh, as well, but uh, go ahead and talk about that a bit. Well, yeah, it uh, you know because of the marijuana, I think mm-hmm. we're we're looking at a lot of changes, and and this policy is specifically for the workplace. So, gotcha. in other words, we can't say that you can't smoke marijuana or whatever on your own time, right? But you also have to realize that it stays in your system for a while. Mm-hmm. So, depending on the scope of your work, if you're a highway worker, if you work in the nursing home, if you work in the jail, we can't have employees using that type of thing when it's going to affect their work sure so um everyone's uh, subject to a random test uh so it's just like like anything else it's going to be a kind of a learning curve because yeah. we need to know uh because it is so new how it's going to affect things but we we went through our our whole uh drug policy and so we've run you know we've we've looked at that again and so hopefully that'll take care of those problems if they occur well and to be honest people were debating uh, when we were deciding whether or not it was right to have uh dispensaries here etc like how businesses would be impacted how government uh roles would be impacted etc and i think the prevailing thought was always that they would still you know make those decisions as they wanted to even if recreational cannabis became legal here in in the city or the state or whatever and even if there's a dispensary where you can go buy that sort of thing at the same time like it doesn't mean the rules are just off alcohol has been legal for a very long time it's been a while since that was illegal and yet you can't show up to a job hammered and expect to keep the job it's the same basic idea and so I, i think it's interesting whenever anyone tries to to argue that like it's fair or unfair because in all honesty, this is the same exact thing we've been doing in other areas for a long time. Well, and, and again, you can't carry, uh, you know, you know a, a, right in your pocket or you're at work. You can't carry a flask around. Mm-hmm. So it's not just when you're off duty. It's also when you're at work. Right. Exactly. If you're working in a clerical whatever and, and you're you have it in your system, maybe it doesn't affect things so much. But mm-hmm. again, if you're working in the jail, if you're running a backhoe or whatever, um, it, it's just a matter of we're looking out again for the taxpayer and the liability right. that could happen. There you go. Um, um, so now let's talk about the actual retail sales, because we would like to get in on that world for sure, I think. After you see how much money was being raised in the first couple months here in Illinois, uh, it's the kind of thing that you probably would like to to see that cash flow come here. Well, and I think uh, what we're looking at more, at least in my mind, I know most of the members, I think, feel the same way. We're looking at uh, new expenses. Sure. It's not the fact that we're going to have this all this revenue coming in, but we're going to have added expenses that we didn't have before. Sure. We're going to talk, you know, it's talking about sheriff, uh, uh, police protection, the whole investigative system mm-hmm. with state's attorney, um, expungement. I'm, I'm sure there's going to be some costs at the health department, you know, when yeah. it comes to a point where, you know, if people are using infused uh, foods or if they're having edibles and they're able to do that on their own, all those things are going to cost us more money. Yeah. And so we feel like, Instead of taxing everyone for that, we should make the people that are using those products help pay for that. 
So we had a pretty good discussion at the finance department, finance committee, over what we should charge. Right. Uh, the legal limit, as far as tax goes, is three and three quarters percent in the unincorporated part of the county. Gotcha. Three percent in the villages or municipalities, and so we had a member that recommended a minor amount. I think half a percent. Mm-hmm. I think that, and then um, we cast that member aside. Well, <laughs> there was some discussion. And we okay. we understood his point of view. Again, it's right. it's also a case where I think some people believe the more you tax it, the more you might drive people to the black market. Sure, because it costs a little more money if you, if you buy it through illegal means. Mm-hmm. You have to pay the tax. But I also believe that they know what they're getting. I think it's safer. Yeah. And so. Um, so we decided that the finance committee is going to recommend to the full board to go to the, the maximum three and three quarters for the unincorporated part of the county sure. and three per, 3% for the municipalities. Now, unincorporated, you wonder where that is. Well, if, uh, let's say, Myrna Tap has an opportunity to get a, a retail license uh-huh. or Epiphany Farms or places that aren't in the small towns. Sure. Uh, that's what in, unincorporated part is. Man, Epiphany Farms with a with a well, slice, a, that would be a heck of a thing. It's a perfect, you know, if you think about it, you buy your retail marijuana there and then you eat out there right. or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but, right, uh, and then the Girl Scouts sit outside to sell you cookies when you leave. Right. It's Again, amazing. I, I think it's a long ways off before that's going to happen. Sure. I know the state's kind of doling out these these uh, uh, licenses slow, I think, to see how it works. Yeah. But we're planning for the future, and we don't know what's going to happen in the future. Absolutely. So that's kind of what we came up with. Okay, before I let you go, I'm actually I'm kind of late for a break, but I'm going to just ask you one other thing because I know there's a lot of stuff going on. Uh, there's a rules committee and new notice policy uh, to address some of the legislative committee policy. Thing. Well, uh, that's two separate things. Right, our, go ahead. Our legislative committee talks about the laws that, that we think we need to see enacted in the state. We give our recommendations to our state legislators. Mm-hmm. Rules committee meets to talk about county rules. And one of the rules that we're going to recommend next month, actually, is to shorten the time that's required for people to address our board or our committees. Oh, got it. Right now, if it's if it's something that's not on the agenda, it's 120 hours. Yeah. And that's to give our our administration time to research whatever the discussion is going to be. Sure. Um, If it is on the agenda, it's 24 hours. We've decided that we're going to recommend going to 24 hours for either item. Got it. And again, it gives us an opportunity to have this person, you know, explain to them it's a committee process. Process, maybe you're better going to a committee mm-hmm. rather than a full board, and so that's what that's all about. Well, it seems to be uh, more valuable to, to for someone to ask for something and then for it just to be 24 hours until they could uh, discuss it. That seems to be a, a good thing. Right. You could go to a transportation committee, complain about the election of Leroy Blacktop, and right. then if you're not happy, <laughs> you can you, you know you can wait and then and right. sign up to, to go at the full board. So it gives people an opportunity to talk. Yeah. That well, that seems excellent. Uh, well, thank you so much as always, Jim. So for coming in here and chatting with me. Am I getting your name right, by the way? Yep, you got it right. Perfect. Uh, I expect to see you more. You'll be here maybe once a month at least. I'll try. Fantastic. We'll keep talking local issues because I need to understand more of this stuff. And the cannabis thing, specifically, like, I I wonder how many people out there, as far as the regular, probably not the users, but everybody else would say, send those taxes as high as you can make them. It's a a double-edged sword, like I said. It is, for sure. But at the same time, man, the sweet, sweet money coming in (laughs) probably wouldn't be the worst. All right, I got to take a break. Lot free in your app store. Hey, it's the Craig Collins Show on AM 1230 WJBC with you guys till 6 o'clock. Two little quick things, and i got to take another break. I talked to Jim uh, for way too long there. Uh, the first one, I am doing the polar plunge. I'm sure you've heard at this point, but I'm doing a polar plunge this weekend. Not terribly excited uh, about it, but excited to raise money. 
Uh, my my funds are still at kind of the stagnant amount they were at before, uh, about a little over $100. I did offer, and then several additional offers were out there, to do crazy things if we could beat Buck Stevens, uh, which he has like 1000 bucks, so he's 900 in front of me. Uh, but what I like is when you know I throw something out or John Davies at B&Q throws something out, that there's another organization willing to also throw down. And the Midway Marauders are giving away four season tickets, four, to the person who donates the most money on my on my page. And right now, those tickets couldn't be easier to get. It's 25 bucks is the highest donation I have so far. I will share the Polar Plunge page on my Facebook page. I'll throw it up on the WJBC Facebook page as well. If you can beat $25 in a donation to the Special Olympics of Illinois, so a really good cause, if you can beat that money, you have a shot at getting four tickets to the Midway Marauders inaugural season. And it's season tickets. You get all four games, $100 value each. That's a $400 prize. And right now it's going to go to Barb for 25 bucks. And by the way, Barb, if you want to lock it in, you could always add more, and I will add those together. So anyone who has donated that wants to win, you can just throw a second donation in there, and you will be the top getter in that world. So that is a thing. Uh, one other quick thing, and I, it's more a question for Neil. Uh, Neil, are you aware of the thing? Which one? Do you know what the thing is? You don't know what the thing is. No, I'm John not. Davies is doing a thing whenever you do news in the morning. Are you aware of what it is? No. Neil Doyle! He just <laughs> yells it right before every time. And he's begging everyone to make it, like, a thing. So in the office, whenever anyone walks by you, they're like, and there's Neil Dial. You know what? He did mention, because when I do fill in for Catherine, he said, yeah, yeah I've been doing something. I said, huh. But he, he didn't really <laughs> say specifically what That's he was it. doing. Yeah. That's what it is. So anyway, <laughs> callers out there, if you call into my show, and before you say anything else, you say Neil Doyle the way that an announcer would, I don't know, I'll congratulate you, and if possible, try to get prizes to give people but right now, it's a thing that John would like to catch on, and I'm down. I don't know if you're down for I, Neil Doyle. I like it. All right, cool. A quick just Brian Walder weighing in. Showers end tonight. Cloudy with areas of fog, a low of 31. Tomorrow, a.m. clouds, then clear skies, a high of 37 degrees. Wednesday, sunny and a high of 32 degrees. Uh, Thursday, mostly sunny and a high of 30 degrees. Right now, it is 36 degrees at Radio Bloomington. This is the Craig Collins Show on AM 1230 WJBC. I'm excited to tell you about the Polar Plunge, but first, you know what? Actually, I'm missing Orion Samuelson. Let's get a little bit of Orion. You're listening to the Craig Collins Show on WJBC. I do have breaking news. The breaking news is that the Midway Marauders are our new arena football team. I just had someone call in and be like, hey, who, who are the Midway, Midway Marauders? Well, they're the brand new arena football team that's going to be playing their games at Grossinger Motors Arena. I think they have like four home games or five. I don't know. They got a, got a decent amount of games. Uh, but you get season tickets. If you're the highest donor on my Polar Plunge, pra- Polar Plunge page, not the easiest thing to say, someone just dropped 30 bucks. So the price is going to go up and up for these tickets, I assume. But you can always come back. If somebody drops 35, uh, whoever just threw down 30, you can add a little bit more. And as we go up, by the way, there are additional things that have been offered on this very program and other radio stations in this market that could happen if we get to certain amounts. I think for every $50 raised, but I think it has to be $50 by one person, on our on our show page, on my uh, Polar Plunge page, uh, John Davies at WBNQ was willing to, to eat a little bit of dog food. And you might be like, uh, why? <laughs> 
Why, why was that what was offered? Uh, we had this story we had talked about a little while back where a CEO of a dog food company ate just his own product for 30 days to prove how good it was. And so Davies was like, man, that's a heck of a stunt. And I'm like, you know what would be great, though, if you did that stunt to help me raise money? So he's down. So every 50 bucks raised, you're going to get a video of the one of the two uh, morning show hosts on WBNQ eating at least a few pieces. I, I don't think we ever agreed on an amount per se, but he said for every $50 raised, and I do think we meant individually. I don't think we meant collectively. Uh, but for every $50 the page gets, he's willing to throw down a little bit of dog food. And then, of course, and as covered by other shows on this uh, station and other stations, I said that if we got up to Buck Stevens' total, which at the time was 10 times my total, so the odds of getting there seemed real, real bad, I would do, and I quote, uh, a, a polar plunge hairless. And I, I meant completely. <laughs> and that's still on the table. It might be awkward to some, but it's still out there as kind of a ridiculous, and I don't know about the eyebrows, man. Like, that's the one. Can I cheat a little and just cover them up? Do they have to, do I have to remove them? I don't want to wear, like, fake eyebrows. Will I let them grow back? But that's out there, and I've, I've made good on every single thing I've promised on this very radio show. Uh, so I, I'm good to go if we get all the way past $1,000. But we've got to outraise Buck. And I think he's a little over a thousand anyway. So you know, hopefully the Midway Marauders tickets brings in enough money, but not maybe just shy of buck. But no, it's out there. If you guys want to do it, it's a week away. I'm jumping into the water on Saturday. I'm uh, very excited about it. All bunch of people giving me tips on what to do. Um, but most importantly, if you want four season tickets to the Midway Marauders season, just go to my Facebook page. Go to the WJBC Facebook page. Check out the links and you know throw down a little bit of cash. And then again, as I said, I want to keep repeating, if somebody outbids you, more than willing to let you come back and, and keep trying to win them. Uh, moving on to other topics, other things in the news, things that I've found very interesting um, throughout the last few days. This one caught my eye just because I guess like it's the kind of thing, and I like studies. I like when scientists do sciencey things, but it, they're studying regular lifestyle events, regular lifestyle things, but they're adding the science lens. Those, I'm a sucker for those, man. I'll talk about them all the time. Uh, the University of Colorado researched why, they already knew that it was true, but why does social media make a breakup so much worse? And it's, some of the reasons are kind of obvious, right? Like if you're Facebook official or if you're the kind of person who has your Instagram just covered with photos of you and the, the person you're in a race relationship with, then the day that that ends, um, yeah, things are going to feel a little awkward. Things are going to feel a little obvious to your friends. Uh, there's no more of like, you know, meeting individual friends who go, oh, how's your, your boyfriend or girlfriend, and having to explain that you're broke up. If you put it out on the social medias, honestly, anything. You put anything out on the social medias, and you don't even have people reacting, and I call it the social medias on purpose. Uh, but if people don't react, that doesn't mean they didn't see it. A whole lot of people can see things and not comment. So in today's day and age, you find yourself in a relationship and then out of one, and everyone's already aware before you even have. That's one reason. The other uh, which was much less, you know, um, obvious to, to most people, I think, to myself, too, is that there's these, like, historical things now. Every single social media account, whatever you have, uh, one way that I guess they've found that they keep people engaged in their platform is reminding them of stuff that went on on that site just months ago. So, like, if you log into Facebook, you see, hey, remember that time you went to New York or whatever? Your phone even does it now, actually. Your phone will recycle in front of you depending on the type of phone you have. 
like the the memories that you had a year ago, a few months ago. Uh, and I guess the the researchers identified that it's about an 18 month window before social media, et cetera, just stops, just starts to give up on reminding you of something. Usually they don't go further than that on their own. You might have to dive in and do it yourself. So for 18 months, you have you run the risk of every time you're logging into whatever you use, seeing a reminder that, oh, yeah, I was in a relationship just a little while ago. And I, I honestly had not considered that as like a risk in this whole thing, is that if you put all that stuff out there on the social media, I think the same is true for jobs too, right? Like it's not just necessarily the relationship things. If you're the kind of person that does a lot for work on social media or if you have a lot of nights where you hang out with coworkers and stuff, if you're to lose the job, that's going to be just as hard when the reminders come in and say, hey, remember that time you were out here doing this thing? Well, you don't know any of those people anymore because you don't work with them anymore. So that that's kind of stuff is just one of the many reasons that social media is so much more impactful in both positive and negative ways than I think anyone realized uh, when it was created. I got to take a break. Before I do, one other thing just interested me. A caller called in and told me that even though he's in his 50s, uh, he did something cool. He just got his first tattoo ever. He got a tattoo of Santa Claus, and there's a lot of reasons why, but he's, he's very excited about getting one, and he goes, like, it's a cool new life experience, even for a guy, you know, in his 50s, whatever. Um, and so that question just dawned on me, 829-2345. I'd love to hear anyone who wants to call in. I don't care how old you are, uh, but anyone call in and tell me a, a recent first-time life experience that you've had, whatever it is. Just tell me, like, hey, you know, I decided to ride a roller coaster for the first time, whatever you've done recently, because those are things we should celebrate, right? Like your first new experience doing stuff, radio-friendly, doing radio-friendly things. Uh, You should call in and let me know because I think I might be able to help you celebrate it a little bit. And congrats to our listener who got a tat. I have one. I'm very proud of it. I'm not telling you what it is, listeners. You don't get to know. And there's never going to be a photo sharing it. Although, okay, actually, at the Polar Plunge, there might have to be. Uh, That needs to be worked out. i got to take a break. A lot more. No, it's not like a lower back thing. Don't worry. AM 12. ABC. Now, back to the Craig Collins Show on WJBC. Okay, look, I couldn't help it. I know. This is an obscure theme song to a cartoon show that I didn't even honestly watch. I didn't watch Sonic the Hedgehog, the cartoon. I played the video game. But I can't help it, man. Sonic the Hedgehog is a movie. It's out in theaters. I loved that video game as a kid. It was my first video game. I remember finding it under the Christmas tree and just being so, so happy. Uh, Sonic 2, by the way, uh, was my first one. But Sonic, $100 million at the box office, just crushed any kind of expectation they had. Birds of Prey, surprisingly, continuing to struggle. I think it brought in like uh, uh, $57 million. That is the Harley Quinn uh, Batman character movie. Uh, that's gotten really great reviews from Rotten Tomatoes. Sonic, not the same. Uh, Sonic, I don't think, has gotten as, as widely praised of reviews, although I might be wrong about that. Let me know. Nope, 63% <laughs> on the Rotten Tomatoes. Jim Carrey is in the movie playing the, the marquee bad guy, uh, Dr. Robotnik. And a lot of people said it it's just not good, but yet it, it crushed the box office, which just shocked me. It's actually now the highest-grossing video game movie of all time. And granted, I think it might be uh, targeting children. And honestly, it's actually kind of a genius stroke to put out a child-focused uh, movie on Valentine's Day. Because if you've got kids, you know, Valentine's Day is a different holiday than if you're, if you're kidless. 
So on a, on a Valentine's Day with kids, it might make sense to go to a movie, bring the kids along, and or find a babysitter to take the kids to a movie. So Sonic just crushed the box office, um, which, which surprised the heck out of a whole lot of people. Um, and I think that it's going to barrel toward more and more money, um, which is just, you know, I, it's the kind of movie, too, which a lot of people had heard about. Uh, I don't know if you guys all heard about it, uh, listeners to WJBC, but a lot of people on the Internet were discussing the weird first uh, animated version of this thing, the, the CGI computer-created uh, Sonic the Hedgehog character, because it looked way too lifelike. It was like the new Cats movie that came out and did poorly. Like, you don't, there's a fine line between what the computer can make in a movie and what the computer should make in a movie when it comes to these fake characters, these animal, you know, human characters. Uh, they should not be totally realistic. There should be a line. And so they went back to the drawing board, recreated the character, and just released the movie and $100 million globally. That is a heck of an opening box office and way more than I think that uh, even the studio would have projected for it. And I think it's going to continue to do super well. I know my brother, who's got kids that are, his sons are uh, 10 and 9, respectively. They want to see it bad. <laughs> and so do I. I do. I'm, a, I'm not usually going to admit all the ways in which I'm an adult child. Uh, you know, I don't need to, I, I like baseball. I like a lot of things. But Sonic the Hedgehog, man, I mean, that video game was, was a huge part of my childhood. And now it's a, it's a movie that's out in the world. And I'll probably hate it, like, to be honest. It's probably going to be too silly, and I've heard boring for adults. But, you know, I, I wonder if there's anything like that for you. 829 uh, Anything that you just can't get away from, you know, because of the nostalgia factor. You're like, I know it's not good anymore. I know I need to back off. But darn it, every time I see a commercial for Sonic, I just got to see him i got to take another break. i got Sanjay Gupta here. Uh, a lot more coming up, though, in the next few minutes. This is AM 1230 WJBC. After this, I want to talk about a new Google idea that might help a lot of print places. A lot of print, you know, newspaper, et cetera, things are struggling. And Google's latest idea, wow. Well, Meteorologist Brian Walder weighing in. Showers end tonight. Cloudy with areas of fog, a low of 31. Tomorrow, AM clouds, then clear skies, a high of 37. Wednesday, sunny, high of 32. Thursday, mostly sunny, a high of 30 degrees. Right now at Radio Bloomington, it is... Hold on, let me look. Uh, let me find it better. 36 degrees. Time for more Craig Collins-style news on WJBC. That's right, Orion Samuelson. More Craig Collins-style news for you for the next, uh, you know, uh, two hours or so. I'm on till 6 o'clock. i got a four-hour shift uh, these days here at AM 1230 WJBC, uh, and I'm thrilled to be here with you guys. Uh, Google is expanding, or excuse me, exploring paying publishers for content that appears in its news section. If you've ever just gone to Google to check out, like, hey, what's the news of the day, uh, and they have that little news tab that you can fall on, they are exploring the idea that anything from any print magazine, you know, obviously that has an online component to it, etc., pretty much anyone, so even, I guess, a blogger, if you land in that headlines tab and you get a lot of traffic for uh, the Googles, they're going to be willing to give you some cash, uh, kind of like YouTube, I guess. It's a very similar idea, right? Uh, YouTube has videos. <laughs> and, Craig, you've said the most obvious sentence of the day. Yes, YouTube has videos. Some are very popular. And the most popular ones have ads that run, and then YouTube winds up paying the creators. Why not have more internet platforms, more search engines, 
specifically like a Google, pay the people who write these stories, pay the people who create these things that go quote-unquote viral on a daily basis in their world. Because there is somebody who wrote you know, an article for the New York Times, for ABC News, um, someone who wrote something for uh, CNN, actually several CNN articles pop up on the top, um, Los Angeles Times, all these writers, USA Today, uh, just going through that kind of stuff, put out articles, put in the work to make them, and then if you go to those web pages, what I really don't like, and, and look, I understand, I think even the Panagraph does it, uh, you've got to close these sites off unless people pay. You give them a certain amount for free, and then after that you have to pay. And I understand the need to do it. I understand that, you know, you're telling me that people are putting hard work into this stuff and I got to pay to read it. And that's that's fine. Uh, the only problem with the Internet is that there's usually another place to go get it, go find it, that's that's free. And while I'd prefer your take, uh, sir or ma'am, who wrote this initial article I can't see anymore, I guess I'm going to deal with a take from somebody else because, you know, I want to consume for free while it's still available until everything is completely locked behind paywalls, it's not going to be a situation where you truthfully are going to, you know, see enough revenue, the revenue you probably hope for. Although I could be wrong. Maybe companies locally and even uh, nationally are seeing a tremendous turn. Uh, but you're seeing print slowly die and the corporations that own these companies struggle financially. So why shouldn't a Google get involved and do something that YouTube has been very good at doing? Compensating those who are succeeding on its platform and, you know, making some of those funds a little bit more fairly distributed. So I, I praise them for the attempt, and it's not often you'll hear me praise Google on this show, uh, but I praise them for that attempt. I think it's a smart idea, and I think even locally, if you pop in, like, you know, News Bloomington Normal, if you have articles that pop on the front page of that, Google should heavily contemplate giving those guys a, a kickback on whatever the revenue they're making off of, off of those articles is. Uh, I've got to take a news break here coming up in just a second. I do want to talk more sports I want to talk about Jose Altuve and his, quote, terrible tattoo, uh, because this story, it just none of it's going to die. The trash throws, as they've been known now on social media for banging on a trash can and also just being guys willing to treat uh, cheat, make some people not the biggest fans of them. But, the, you know, the hatred for them coming up this year is going to be unique. It's going to be the kind of thing where Alex Rodriguez, after admitting to steroid use, got other things. I got to tell you that this weather is sponsored by Heller Motors. If you're looking for a new or used vehicle, uh, shop at Heller Stores. Heller Motors in Pontiac uh, is the place to go. Heller Motors loves to make their customers happy with its great selection, low prices, and outstanding service. Shop Heller Motors online at hellerstores.com. Right now, the weather uh, is not so bad, actually. It is showers ending, cloudy with areas of fog, a low of 31. Tomorrow, a.m. clouds, then clear skies, high of 37. Wednesday, sunny, 32. Thursday, mostly sunny, a high of 30. Right now, it is 35 degrees at Radio Bloomington. Water cooler discussions just got better. More Craig Collins Show on WJBC. Craig Collins Show, AM 1230 WJBC. Uh, I was emailing, you know, I'll admit it. That that song went a little longer than most songs go. I was emailing because I'd love to talk uh, to somebody about this, this story I saw in the Panagraph. They're talking about these new, very affordable projects, affordable apartments that are being built. About 100 total are being built in the area. 
Uh, it's two different separate projects that are doing it. Uh, the Washington Senior Apartments, which I believe are almost completed, and the Lincoln Lofts uh, in East Bloomington are, are going to go underway too. Uh, the Lincoln Lofts, I think, are about $18 million. That's the projected cost for the the creation of that that uh, apartment complex. It'll be eight one-bedroom, 22-bedroom, and 28 three-bedroom apartments. It is targeting seniors and other low-cost individuals, getting them affordable housing. Uh, so it seems to be a very beneficial project, a very valuable thing. And I'd love to get somebody on and do a little bit more uh, talk about that with you guys, or even just hear from somebody that might intend to move into one of those. 829-2345. If you are excited about these new living options being available here in Bloomington and Normal, and you want to talk about, you know, uh, where you're, what's been going on, just go ahead, call in, give me your story, 829-2345, because uh, it seems like good news for a lot of people. I have a ridiculous story, because this is the Craig Collins Show. That's what we, uh, that's what we do. Uh, somebody uploaded it to Facebook. It is a Kroger in Indiana, right? So uh, our, our neighbors right over there to the east of us, Indiana, uh, there is a Kroger store, I guess, and uh, people were hanging out in Zionville. Um, and all of a sudden, while doing your regular shoppings at the Kroger, uh, a bunch of deer just burst in and started running around. <laughs> I laugh as I talk about this story because, like, I can't fathom that. You know, a lot of these stories I find that they're they're true, I guess. It's so hard to to put yourself in that situation. You know, maybe you're in the, in the I don't know, the the vegetable aisle you're grabbing your different things to make a nice soup for the evening and all of a sudden while you're at your local kroger just deer start shooting everywhere uh people were taking videos videos of it they thought it was uh, pretty amusing i guess although some people did say on social media uh my my she was very scared from the special attention she was getting from other shoppers uh this is one person talking about a relative they had uh, with them at the store um, but a bunch of deer just burst through the facility you know, and they even, I not surprisingly, were a tad attracted to some of the food that was sitting out. They might have, uh, you know, had a little bit to eat. But deer shooting through a Kroger is the kind of thing I'd love to experience just on the off chance, you know, that like the wildness of that would be the kind of thing you wouldn't recover from, I don't think. It would be the rest of your day. Everywhere you went, everyone you talked to, you'd, you'd just wait to tell the story. You'd go meet somebody, I guess, for like coffee later that was a pre-planned thing. And you'd sit down, and you're like, how are you doing? And they'd say, good. And you'd just, in the back of your mind, like, just shut up. I need to tell you, there were deer in a Kroger. <laughs> Sorry for yelling. It's an amazing story. I love it. Uh, and other grocery store-related news, because I found a lot of grocery store stories today. A supermarket in California, I guess somebody, like, hid this envelope that had a $100 bill in it. And all the, the note in the envelope said is, to whoever finds this, I love you. So someone, I need, these people need to come to Bloomington. They need to come to Normal. They need to do this here, and I need to go to whatever store they're doing it at. But they just went to a local grocery store. They decided to play a little treasure hunt with, you know, the unsuspecting public. And the person who found it, by the way, a six-year-old girl, a six-year-old girl named Daphne was just uh, being extra extra curious about certain areas of the the um, the grocery store. And then, lo and behold, finds an envelope, 100 bucks. No word on how long it's been there, if she found it, like, immediately or if it took quite a lot of time. And the only story from Fox 8, the affiliate out there, is that, you know, just the note said that we love you, uh, enjoy the money, essentially. So, man, what a cool story and what a cool idea. I mean, if you can afford it to just leave a little present or maybe even just the note. I mean, the $100 is great, and now that I've told the story that way, it's probably hard to envision being happy just finding a note. 
But like if you were exploring a store, if you were picking up your vegetables and the deer just made their way out <laughs> of the facility and then you found a little note that just said like you're a good person, it'd probably be like, hey, man, that's pretty cool. I, I would take that. But a hundred bucks, I would uh, I not hate it so much. One more. Hold on. I got a break. I got a break coming up. But I want to do one more uh, shopping story. Uh, this is about a Target now because uh, I just love uh, these little stories. I-, I love stories where kids are like cool. Uh, and kids are just so innocent, man. Like the things they like, the the ideas they have for birthdays, whatever, are just like uh, they're kind of beautiful every once in a while. And this one to me, even though it's silly too, uh, is a little sweet. Uh, a, a eight-year-old kid named Braden Lawrence was asked what he wanted to do for his birthday. So what did he decide to do? He wanted to take over a Target, but not in the way like a, you'd think a normal kid would. He wanted him and his friends to put on Target worker shirts get the little name tags, and just do a shift. Just hang out for a little bit, you know, serving customers, getting groceries, whatever, uh, just doing whatever they can with their little uh, uniforms, their little walkie-talkies. Uh, of course, Braden, the 8-year-old who had the birthday, he acted as the manager for the event. Of course, he promoted himself. And the rest of the kids were on a scavenger hunt while wearing the employee uh, costumes, you know, employee uniforms, whatever you call them, uh, while also obviously you know, putting in maybe a little bit of work. Uh, And it's just so cool that the local Target was like, yeah, we love this idea. Let's do it. Uh, It was picked up on Twitter. It was all over social media on Sunday. It's a very cute thing. Uh, For whatever reason, like everybody loves Target. Uh, I don't know if it's the Target thing, but but kids, I see them go in there and have a great time. And this kid likes it so much, Braden, that he wanted to pretend to work there and also like hide some stuff around for his friends to find. No word if it was 100 bucks. And again, uh, for the third time, I want to repeat, No word on if there were any deer in the Target. But man, man, oh man, that would be the experience. You wouldn't even believe me. If I came onto this radio station after I had that experience and somehow I was the only guy in the store, no one would believe me. I would have to bring on all the other witnesses that could have potentially seen it in order for people to believe us because that's just, that's hilarious that a bunch of deer just take over the store, don't hurt anybody, and then just just leave. I don't know why that doesn't happen more, in all honesty. I'm, I'm dumbfounded by the awesomeness that is that story. All right, I got to take a break. A lot more on AM 1230 WJBC, more Craig Collins show. Not going to be talking any more grocery stores, but I am talking about a guy in Utah who has a unique hotel scam. Come. He's the biggest Yankee fan in the Midwest. Back to the Craig Collins show on WJBC. How convenient. Orion brings up the Yankees. Uh, they got a weird story. I actually, I don't have to do the whole uh, story, but it's weird. Uh, one of their players, Brett Gardner, had to currently like uh, um, go to this legal process with a stalker because this woman is just claiming like she's her his future wife. It's the weirdest thing. And I'm sure celebrities, you know, famous people, athletes get it all the time. But I guess this stalker is like invading Yankee facilities and stuff and not claiming to be Brett's current wife, which, uh, by the way, lady, he has one. Uh, but his future wife... That would be so creepy. Uh, but thank you. I am the biggest Yankee fan in the Midwest. And uh, you can find out more about that story online. I don't need to, to bore you with all the details. It's just, it's weird. You'd want to be famous, right? Like if someone asked you right now, 829-2345, uh, do you want to be famous? I think a lot of people would probably say yes. Not for like a negative reason. You don't want to be infamous. You don't want to have like a YouTube video where you're doing a dumb thing and everybody in the whole world saw it. But if it's just a regular thing, I think a lot of us would want to be famous. And then you read a story like that where a stalker is claiming to be his future uh, wife. His future wife. That's the weirdest. 
you know, hey, who are you? Oh, I'm Brett Gardner's future wife. What What was that? <laughs> it's just a thing you get with being famous. You get uh, insane people every so often. So that's your Yankee story of the day on AM 1230 WJBC, a segment that no one wants except me, but I'm happy to do it anyway. Uh, eating less meat is apparently fine for a majority of Americans. I saw this story in The Verge. Uh, more than 9 in 10 Americans say they're totally willing to eat more fruits and vegetables. And actually more than half said, you know what? I'll try a lot more of that plant-based meat. And I have to be honest with you. Uh, my wife has been trying to get us to do more of that. Uh, she's making more soy chicken. She's making more items that I guess are... And I want to try the Impossible Whopper. Have you had an Impossible Whopper, Neil? I have not yet. Do you want to try one? I do. Me too. I do. I don't know why I won't go. Like, it's they're there. They're sitting there and available, right? We have them here. Do we? Yes. Okay, good. Yep. I want to make sure before I go in and like get... I only tried to get the, um, the what was it, the, um, the Popeye sandwich yeah. once. Mm-hmm. And the day I went in, like three days after its debut, they were like, yeah, we don't have any in the store. So I don't want to go and not get one, a Whopper, uh, an Impossible Whopper. But they sound, you know, cool enough. And I think that I agree that most Americans, and even after eating more of this food due to the wife sneaking it to me, it's, it's fine. It's not the same. I don't want to give up meat forever. But, like, half of my meat items could probably be rogue and I'd still live. You know? Yeah, I mean, I I've had different ones that aren't terrible, but I it just I think the thought of ever giving <laughs> up actual meat that's oh, just it's it's terrible. a scary thing. Oh, to it think is. About. Yeah. I mean, honestly, even like grilling is it is it the same? If you grill like uh, a, a fake thing, okay. I don't know. We don't know. See, I got to take a break and figure that out. Oh, my wife's texting. Meatless hot dogs are the next thing we're gonna try. Really, oh. really? You got to ruin a, a hot dog for me. <laughs> a tubed meat is not gonna be meat. From Hardy, Illinois, ABC, I'm Chief Meteorologist Brian Walder, and this is your AM 1230 WJBC forecast. Cloudy skies will continue for the rest of the day today with a couple showers at times. Rain chances will be tapering off overnight tonight. Then we'll see cloudy skies continue early tomorrow morning with lows in the low 30s. Skies will clear by the afternoon. High temperatures reaching the mid-30s. For your Tuesday, highs only in the low 30s Wednesday afternoon, but we'll see plenty of sunshine and a little bit colder for Thursday with high temperatures only in the upper 20s, but mostly sunny skies continue. We'll see a warm up by the end of the week. We're back into the mid 30s by Friday afternoon, then possibly some 40s on the way as we start the upcoming weekend. Once we get rid of the rain tonight, our weather should remain dry until possibly Sunday. Could see some rain showers moving in with high temperatures in the mid 40s. From Heart of Illinois, ABC, I'm Chief Meteorologist Brian Walter, and that is your AM 1230 WJBC forecast. Thank you very much, Brian, for the forecast. Right now at Radio Bloomington, it is 35 degrees. You say You're listening to The Craig Collins Show on WJBC. Hey, it's Craig Collins Show. AM 1230 WJBC in about 20 minutes. We get to hear again from Cody Goff. He is co-host of Curiosity Daily. That is a podcast that helps make you smarter in about 10 minutes or so, and you can listen to it every single day on Monday through Friday. Uh, That podcast is available on all the different platforms you get it, including smart speakers. If you're someone who's adopted a Google or an Amazon or whatever into the home, uh, you can just ask that smart speaker to to play Curiosity for you each day, and it'll it'll do it. So it's a great show, Uh, and again, it helps you get smarter. It's from Curiosity.com, too. You can check out the website. Uh, They have a lot of different articles every single day with a lot of cool information. So go there. uh, But Cody will be on in about 20 minutes here on AM 1230 WJBC. I also, two things on my social media page uh, for anyone out there that does the Facebooks. Um, Please go there if you do. 
Uh, the first one, I, I re-released the Polar Plunge. I, I, is it a re-release? I posted the Polar Plunge link for my um, my thing, my uh, my charity page, whatever you want to call it, my donation page. I'm up to 155 bucks. Uh, Buck Stevens is still at 1,025, I think, or 1,015, something like that. Uh, so we're trying to beat him, and I don't know that that's going to happen. But no matter what an amount I raise, if you wind up being the highest donor, and currently there's someone at $30, but if you wind up being the highest donor, you get four free season, not game, season tickets to the Midway Marauders' first season here in Grossinger Motors Arena. They are the arena football team that's coming to town. Uh, it'll be very good football. They've been in the uh, championship game two years in a row, won it once in their league, in their arena football league. So it'll be a fun thing to go to. It's football locally. Come on. It's the kind of thing you want to see. Uh, and you get four season tickets if you're the highest donor. That's a $400 value, and someone right now might win that for 30 bucks. So it's the kind of thing you might want to you know, throw your hat in the ring on. Uh, and if somebody does outbid you, you can outbid them again. Uh, and I don't know that that'll happen, honestly. Somebody throws 50 bucks at this guy, I think it might be a done deal. I think you might get a $400 prize uh, just for giving some money to some deserving people with the Illinois Special Olympics. And, you know, supporting the fact that I'm going to be an idiot and get in some very cold water in just a few days. Uh, I also just put this up. Uh, it's from Daily Mail. Um, it's a bunch of places, actually. There was a waiter that was walking. I can't do this story justice on the radio, so I am pushing you to the social medias, but I am mentioning it on the radio because the social media exists. You know, back in the day, you probably wouldn't even tell this story because no one can see it, but now you can, just like the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Craig Collins Show. Uh, but a waiter is walking. Uh, I'm not sure exactly where this is, um, and he trips. He is holding four plates. Anyone that's worked in the food service knows that if you're going down to the ground and you got four dishes on your hands, odds are things go very poorly. Somehow, even though he knocks over a little potted tree on his way down to the ground, he doesn't drop a thing. All four plates stay securely in his hands. I don't think they were tied there. I don't know how he did it, but the guy kept every food item. It's miraculous to watch. I ask if he's the real-life Spider-Man. Neil, have you seen this video? I have not yet. I, I think I did see rumblings of it but uh -huh. i haven't seen the video itself dude it's amazing the guy is walking I, I don't know if the plant's what got him you can't tell but the plant goes down he goes down and as he falls the items stay perfect there's two other waitresses in his general area who run toward him like uh oh that was bad and then wait a minute nothing's nothing's on the ground he's like handing the dishes to them to make it easier to get up but i oh man that it's an amazing i if you did that as a i don't think he did it on purpose i think it just happened and then everyone there should have, like, celebrated the moment, it's all you know? Of, all of the years of the hard work and dedication, <laughs> you know, this guy's probably been doing it for right. a little bit. And, you know, to his it, craft. Just, it paid off at the mm -hmm. right time. You think maybe he's the one guy that practices falling with plates? Like, he's done this on his own time, maybe with paper plates. Like, I, I know this is how you would do it if it happens. I, I wonder. I mean, and, you know, you wonder, do waiter or waitress, you know, do they do that? Is that something? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, maybe. Is it like a fire drill? Do they every so often do, like, okay, this is the fall down drill. Let's see. Certain certain places, yeah. Right. Once a week, we, we're going to do our practicing just in case you fall. Yeah. you got to be able to maneuver. Uh-huh. Oh, man, Todd just broke three plates again. That guy's not doing great. <laughs> That'd be fun. We could do that. But it's it's miraculous to watch the little video. So I did it uh, to put it on my social media page and to promote my social media page. But go check it out. Facebook.com slash Craig Collins show. You got to click on the link. But I can't believe it happened. I can't believe the guy. I think he's as shocked as anyone else that it went as well as it did because you take a spill and you assume the worst in that world. Uh, I had this story out of Utah. 
that I mentioned, and I didn't get to it yet. Uh, there was a guy in Utah. His name is, is Ryan State. His last name is State. He's 37 years old, and I guess he's pulled this gag, scam, whatever you want to call it. It is illegal, so he is going to be in like legal trouble for it uh, three times now at three different places. He goes to a hotel. He spends the night. He wakes up in the morning, and I guess he brought along some mice or, as the story goes, hamsters? And then he lets them loose in the hotel in Utah, and then he like calls somebody up. He's like, hey, this is not okay. This is very disgusting. My room needs to be free. It worked three times before eventually he got caught. He now faces five charges uh, and three counts of criminal mischief, two charges of theft by deception, etc. And like the, the weirdest thing is I read through the whole story, and it might have been, you might have noticed it, hamsters? Like the mice make sense. That could be, but like how many places have a rogue hamster infestation? You wouldn't think that many. Does that ever happen? And, like, if you did, like, did he just run out of mice? He's like, man, I can't keep scooping them up after I do my gag. So, like, I'm out now. I got to go get something else from the, the animal shop, and there's no mice. Maybe I go, I go hamster. Like, the guy who catches you in that situation or the guy you call up to your room to complain, like, he can't believe you. You've got to immediately think that's a lie. You're, you're saying, sir, that there was a hamster just in this room? It was just here? And it crawled out of the wall or something? Yes, sir. That's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. Please come on. This isn't a thing that happens. Yeah, I don't know where this guy got this idea. I know. It's like he, he, at some point he said, "Okay, I'm going to try to find a way right. to cheat the system." And uh-huh. he comes up with a list, and you know, probably wrote down a couple things. And for some reason, the hamster or mice route right. got written down, and he said, "That's the one." Maybe. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He's out with his friend having some beers. He's <laughs> like, "How do you get a free room at a hotel?" I don't know, man. What if you had a hamster? Yeah, that's it. We're gonna do it. <laughs> But I, I do wonder if he just, like, tried to go a step up. Like, maybe he had made the first two successful. Mice was believable. So somewhere in this guy's brain, he's like, you know, I'd like this to be more amusing for me. So let's try if I, let's see if I can try to get a free room and add hamster to the equation. Just to, and then maybe the animals would have gotten even more interesting as he continues going here. Sadly, or maybe not so sadly, because it is a crime, he has been caught and he will be in a lot of trouble. I've never tried that hard to get something for free. No. I've never tried to game the system. No. You yeah, complain, I, though, right? Oh, sure. Okay. But, yeah, to go to that extent, it seems like a lot. When you complain, um, what is the... Okay, actually, two questions. And this is a question, 829-2345. I'd love to hear from anyone, because I have this debate with my wife sometimes. We go out for a meal, and, like, something's not right. And I guess her dad is, like, a prolific complainer. Like, if you don't get things perfect... Uh, Papa, Papa Betty is going to get very upset in that world, say a lot of things and things will wind up being free. And so I guess she's gotten a tad used to that, even though she's not a mean person. She's a very sweet, nice person. But if something is wrong, like what's the bar when you want to complain? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. When it comes to, I guess, you know, restaurant, if it's just like the service is that, that Mm -hmm. bad or like, you know, they bring you multiple things that are wrong you know you ordered something and you know for whatever reason it's bring out the wrong exactly if you have a couple of those during the meal then then i'm probably gonna be okay you know what what's going on here maybe if i don't know you're having a bad night is it you know busy Mm -hmm. or you know what's going on but for the most part though when it comes i mean i try to you know bite the tongue if yeah you know whatever and just 
whatever. If it wasn't great, great experience, just won't go back there next time. <laughs> exactly. I mean, that's kind of how I go about it. But if it gets that bad where it's, you know, they're bringing gotta, the wrong thing right. out, then you got to say something. Right. And I think um, you feel bad for whoever the person is that winds up getting in trouble because, like, the guy serving you, and it might even be just that the food's wrong, so that's not his fault. But you, I, I always feel bad for whoever the first guy is because the manager doesn't want to go over there. They don't want to deal with it. Um, but at the same time, like, that's, that's their gig. Uh, so we do complain sometimes. I've almost never complained about a hotel. I remember one in Chicago that I got, like, last minute. Um, this is after we had moved out of Chicago, which is sad for me because whenever you stay in a hotel in a place you used to live, it feels weird. I bet very weird. Yeah. It, uh, it shouldn't feel weird. Like, okay, I don't have a house there anymore. But you almost want to, like, get on the L and just go to your apartment. Like, knock on the door and be like, I lived here once, and I'm here for the night. Can I come in? Like, I think that's the rules. It's not. you got to go to the hotel. <laughs> but so last second, I get a hotel, and it said on the warning, like, close to airport, maybe noisy. And I was like, all right, I'm still going to do it. But then I got into the room, and maybe noisy was not exactly accurate. It was fully noisy. It was right by the highway and right under where the planes were flying. So, like, getting a night's sleep was literally impossible. I went into the room, and I'm laying there. I got the earplugs in, and I'm like, this is just, I just can't do this. And so I went back out, and I'm like, do you have a room any further away from the street, any better off than, than that? And they wound up, like, being nice and accommodating me and mentioning that they didn't have to several times. But that was the only time that I really complained, and probably sort of my fault, Eight two nine two three four five. You can tell me I was in the wrong. I was warned. But, like, you got to, it's got to be sleepable. Even if it says it's going to be loud, I think it's, I don't know. So I, the room shaking as the yeah, planes go over. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. even as the cars were going. Right. Like, if there were a heavier car or a truck, I feel like I would vibrate a little. It was, uh, it's not, I'm not going to tell you which hotel it is, <laughs> but it's, it'd not be high on my recommendation list. And I noticed the reviews were less than stellar as well. Uh, one quick story about babies, because I, I love stories about babies. I don't know. I have baby fever. I love stories that involve little tiny babies. Um, I did a story the other week about how babies are the most generous of anything that exists on this planet, which shouldn't be surprising at all. But, like, if a hungry baby has food and notices another hungry baby in its vicinity, it will share part of its food, even if it's hungry, because babies are just the best of society. If babies could run things, we'd all be tremendously better off. Here is yet another example of how great they are. Uh, from Ohio State University, the second study I'm referencing from that university today. I don't know what it is about that. But apparently they're really accurate at mimicking the sounds of music. If you notice, if you have a, a, a little child, 15 months or less, in the home, and you want to test this theory, play any kind of song you want around that child just a few times, and eventually they will be able to uh, mimic five, six, seven correct notes to a scale that, like, actual um, um, music technology was used to see how close the tone was to the correct tone in the music, and it's almost exact. And there's no real explanation for it other than the brain is developing so month when so much when you're that little that, like, it's just a thing you can do for an amount of time. You don't think those babies are just a little, maybe a little more musically inclined? I don't know. I don't think I was doing that, uh, at, you know. A year At old, fifteen I, months. I've never been very musically gifted. I don't think I was, you know, hitting I think, some of the notes or matching up with with some of the beats. I don't know if I, I was doing. I that. think you weren't given the chance, man. <laughs> I mean, apparently, what it seems to me is that like there's a kid's voice and stuff. There's all these different, but we should have a baby's voice, and they would just kill it. I don't know if they'd be real words they'd all use, 
But apparently the notes would be great. They studied several different couples, several different kids from all different like walks of life and families and noticed the same basic thing that if you played a song multiple times around a baby and then got it to make the noises uh, one way or another, they would almost always be very cl- much closer than you and I can do after a few beers at a karaoke spot. Although I will tell what's your karaoke song? Have you ever told me? Uh, I like to do, to do a uh, promiscuous. Sure. Yes, you have. Yeah. You have. Uh-huh. Okay. And depending on the level of alcohol, I like to do as high-pitched and as falsetto Michael Jackson as I can possibly pull off. And then I always find out I can't pull off any of it. Virologist Brian Walder. Showers end today. Cloudy with areas of fog, a low of 31. Tomorrow, a.m. clouds, then clear skies, a high of 37. Wednesday, sunny, high of 32. Thursday, mostly sunny, high of 30. Right now at Radio Bloomington, it is 37 degrees. Cody Goff is having some phone issues, so we might try to get to him at 5.30, which means that I give away tickets a little earlier than I expected. I have two tickets to Eric Johnson. Eric Johnson will be playing at Castle Theater on the 20th this Thursday. I'm going to play a little music now. I'm going to do a little segment, and then I'm going to play some music to end the segment. The rules are, when I end this segment is when you call in, I will take the 10th caller. you got to call in, not now. Not now, don't do it now. Stop it. 829-2345. Call in at the end of the segment, and you have a shot at winning two tickets to Eric Johnson at Castle this Thursday. Let's hear a little from Eric. Look, I don't really know how to play guitar, but I know that that's really good. I know that that's really hard and really, he looks like he's doing a lot of things all at once. Uh, Eric Johnson is a Grammy Award winner, by the way. I will be playing his Grammy Award winning song, his Grammy Award winning performance to end this segment. But at the end of this segment, if you call in, you have a chance to win two tickets. The 10th caller at the end of the segment has a chance to win two tickets to Eric Johnson on the 20th, 8 o'clock. Doors open at 7. Uh, the tickets are worth 20 bucks, so this is a $40 value. I don't know why I'm giving the financial values out for my prizes, but I like doing it. Uh, There is a $40 value here on the line uh, in just a few minutes on AM 1230 WJBC. Cody's not with me. I had a bunch of questions for Cody, but I'll save those topics. A lot of interesting stories, including a couple I've done. I guess a couple of my topics landed in his podcast. I want to know if he's stealing or if he's just accidentally doing the same stuff, although I'm honored. You know, any form of imitation is always flattery. Uh, But moving on, I love this story just because of its ridiculousness, there's some Reddit um, spots. And if you don't know what Reddit is, it's a website. People go there. They do stuff. <laughs> but there's, there's some Reddit spots I really like. There's one uh, that's called Roast Me. I interviewed someone who actually uh, you know, interviewed other people that had uh, been on it. She herself is a journalist, went on it, and you essentially let people you don't know, strangers, make fun of you, a la those big roasts that used to happen all the time and now even I kind of occasionally do on Comedy Central. Uh, but they're real fun, and they're supposed to be good and lighthearted and amusing. Um, they can be mean, I guess, a little, but not you know, necessarily evil. And there's a bunch of moderators on it that try to, try to handle that, which I, that's got to be an intense job. There is another one I like, though, and I can't necessarily say the full word on the air, but it's essentially asking if I'm a jerk. The, 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 that's not what it's called. It's am I a something else. But for the purposes of this show, I'm going to call it am I a jerk. People go on and ask a question. They give a scenario. And they say, okay, who is the jerk here? Uh, There was one that just dropped recently that had a a lot of interaction on it. Several people weighed in. uh, And I think it's obvious. For sure it's obvious. 
who the jerk is in this situation, but, you know, you tell me, 829-2345 if you'd like to weigh in on the phone. So, a couple is getting married. They're very excited. The bride is very excited uh, that the wedding day is finally here, and her brand-new in-laws, her, their, you know, the groom's mom and dad, dropped a, a awesome gift in their lap. They said that they were paying for their honeymoon, and they booked them a week-long all-inclusive hotel stay as part of their, you know, extravagant honeymoon vacation thing. And they were like, wow, this is like an amazing, kind, um, whatever gift. They were so excited. And here's the thing. If you were going to do this move, and I think maybe some people are seeing where this is going already. Neil, do you know where this is going? I have a feeling. Okay, see, I think people do. (laughs) If you were going to do this move, I think you should clear it. You know, like that's the kind of thing that the surprise element of it, it's their honeymoon. It is two people's honeymoon vacation it is not the kind of thing where you want to surprise them you want to outside of like giving them the gift that they can go anything else should be a predetermined pre-discussed thing so lo and behold to some people's you know not shock and maybe other people's this uh these parents book themselves a room as well so on the honeymoon they all go together this is two couples going together uh one a brand new husband and wife and the other one the guy's mom and dad and the whole time, the parents keep reaching out, saying we should do this group thing on this day, this group thing on this day. They won't leave them alone. Two to three times a day, according to the, pro, the post, the couple was asked to do something with the, the mom and dad. And so, like, at this point, like, you're probably at least scheduling a second honeymoon, right? Like, for sure, you get real honeymoon without mom and dad at some other point in your lives. You would hope so. Okay, other than that, the level to which you might fight hanging out with them is is where they paid for the trip. You're on it now. You're in the middle of it. Brand new, you know, relationship. I, well, not brand new relationship, but brand new married into it. So do you respectfully just attend all this stuff and just joke maybe with the spouse? Okay, this is this honeymoon doesn't count. Or do you honestly like try to have a little time on your own? I think that's the most positive way is right. Just just you, bear with you, it. You kind of bear with it. I mean, uh, you would hope maybe they would, you know, carve out a little time to do something mm-hmm. alone. But, it, you know, if it's it sounds like these parents are very invested. They so, are. Uh, it might <laughs> be kind least. of hard to get away. So maybe you're right. right. You just kind of, you know, bite your tongue and say, all right, let's just they're being nice. They're paying for right. it. You know, we do something. I guess by we're doing this down right. the road. I guess we're doing this trip for them more right. so than for us. And uh, anyone wondering, she did, uh, the bride made sure to let everyone know that they did not book the room next door. That would have been crazy. <laughs> they booked a room a few away, and then they would come every day at 6 a.m. and knock on the door to see if they wanted to go get breakfast, and then would spend the whole day. Oh, man. I mean, look, obviously she was nonplussed about the situation. She did try to find excuses to get alone time with their son, who she had just married, but she wanted to know. She put it out there to the world. And I put it out there to Bloomington and Normal, 829-2345. And anyone who streams, maybe we got a streamer somewhere else, but anyone out there who is the jerk? Are you a jerk or should you do what I think a lot of us would just resign ourselves to do? It's not like they're going away, you know? And, and if you really, like, go after them, if you really say mean things, these are your brand-new in-laws. That's You're setting yourself up for a lot of bad things down the road. Uh, whereas if you just live in a world of, like, we're we're spending a... A, you know, a, a family vacation instead of a honeymoon. I don't know, but I totally get it, right? Like, she's 100% right to be mad. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. If, and again, I don't know what the relationship is like, but still, when you mm-hmm. when you think honeymoon, I don't think you think your parents are coming with. <laughs> or at least your new husband's parents right. are coming with. Um, she did 
mentioned as well in the post that they deliberately hid the knowledge that they would be going on the, the trip as well, having the couple commit to all the days, everything, like making sure everything was available. And that was the sketchiest move, according to this new bride, of all of it. It's not that they got them the tickets. It's not that they wanted to go with and spend all the days together. It's that they made them believe they were going on a legitimate honeymoon alone and then at the last second when they're actually walking in the doors being like, oh, yeah, we're here too. How are you guys doing? A lot of people on Reddit are siding with the bride. I don't know that this is a terribly uh, debated topic as far as that goes. A lot of people think that for sure she's in the right. But at the same time, as Neil and I just said, a lot of people are saying, like, it's, you just can't. You can't, you know, throw up that giant, giant wall this early on and just be like, screw both of you. You're out because it's just drama for years at that point yeah maybe the husband's parents i don't know maybe they just thought it'd be like, oh this is so exciting we're here as well i, I don't know mm-hmm. you just i don't think they were maybe <laughs> in the right mindset but yeah you can't you can't you can be angry but you gotta kind of mask it and just power through it right and i guess the parents were at least approached once by the bride uh, during this whole situation with her insinuating that she'd like a little bit of more alone time with the husband and i guess their reaction and this is a, this is granted the person who's been you know burned speaking so i guess take it with a grain of salt but she said their response to asking for more alone time with her brand new husband they said that's what rooms are for when you guys are willing to come out and be here like in the doing the things you got to do them with mom and dad any kind of thing you guys do outside of those closed walls. And we're knocking at 6, by the way, every day, 6 a.m. Hey, you guys in there? What are you doing? What are we doing? Oh, man. It's like they work at the hotel or something. <laughs> it's like you're getting a personal wake-up right. call. Exactly. Uh, would you contemplate divorce? Just out of curiosity. I mean, probably everything's great, and you're probably not going to go through with it. But the minute that, like, day three of your honeymoon, quote-unquote, mom and dad are knocking together on the door waiting for you and, and your, your new, uh, you know, person to wake up, I think you think about it. You, you probably contemplate a right. little bit. What am I getting myself into? Like they've never been this friendly before. <laughs> what has happened now? All right, i got to take a break. We're hoping to fix this issue with Cody. Otherwise, maybe we'll hear from Cody another day this week. He is the Curiosity Daily co-host. He's usually on Mondays at 5, but it's a holiday, and he's having a little bit of a phone thing. Uh, quick break, a lot more on AM 1230 WJBC. I see a Polar Plunge spot coming up in a second, a Polar Plunge commercial. So I will mention again, Go to my Facebook page. Please, if you can, donate. I know we just did a bunch of charity donating things, but if you can, you got a shot at winning four free tickets. I'm giving stuff to you, four free tickets to the Midway Marauders inaugural season season tickets. You get every single game. That's a $400 value. If you're the highest uh, um, donator to my page, right now that is at 30 bucks. so it's pretty easy to beat, and you get a pretty sweet prize. Quick break, a lot more. From Heart of Illinois, ABC, I'm Chief Meteorologist Brian Walder, and this is your AM 1230 WJBC forecast. Cloudy skies will continue for the rest of the day today with a couple showers at times. Rain chances will be tapering off overnight tonight. Then we'll see cloudy skies continue early tomorrow morning with lows in the low 30s. Skies will clear by the afternoon. High temperatures reaching the mid-30s. For your Tuesday, highs only in the low 30s Wednesday afternoon, but we'll see plenty of sunshine and a little bit colder for Thursday with high temperatures only in the upper 20s, but mostly sunny skies continue. We'll see a warm up by the end of the week. We're back into the mid 30s by Friday afternoon, then possibly some 40s on the way as we start the upcoming weekend. Once we get rid of the rain tonight, our weather should remain dry until possibly Sunday. Could see some rain showers moving in with high temperatures in the mid 40s. From Heart of Illinois, ABC, I'm Chief Meteorologist Brian Walter. 
And that is your AM 1230 WJBC forecast. Thank you very much for the forecast, Brian. Right now it is 37 degrees at Radio Bloomington. Now back to the Craig Collins Show on WJBC. It's Craig Collins Show, AM 1230 WJBC. Uh, even though cannabis is becoming legal in more and more places, like 11 states or something, uh, there's all these different like add-ons to the to the laws that make things a little hard. I guess in Colorado specifically, it's tough to advertise the cannabis. You can't. There's a bunch of rules. I think we have them in Illinois too. There's a certain number of restrictions, and some of them make sense. Like you can't have an advertisement that's obviously targeting kids. Uh, that's probably not a good look for a cannabis dispensary. You can't do something that uh, puts the actual use of the product in front of your face, etc. Uh, those kind of laws make sense. We have them here. They have them in Colorado. Uh, they might even be more strict actually out there because they passed it so much sooner than us. But apparently there's a loophole, a loophole that for whatever reason, the cannabis companies are starting to discover in Colorado specifically, any kind of advertisement is is very heavily restricted. But if you buy a stretch of highway, you know how like you see that sign on the highway, this mile for sale, etc. They'll throw up an advertisement for who bought it, what company name, whatever design you want, etc. And then they clean that piece of land. So it's actually sort of got a fringe benefit in all this. Since the um, marijuana companies can't find good ways to get in front of you on the highway in Colorado on their own, they're buying tremendous amounts of the highway. All different companies, Northern Lights Cannabis Co. being one of the biggest ones to do it. Uh, this story I saw it at a SanFranciscoGate.com. Uh, it's just the craziest thing. And people are thrilled because, like, the highway is the cleanest it's ever been. And it's so nice and it's so well-paved because there's, I don't know, this seems like a fringe benefit. I, I saw that one of the the people in, responsible for this said that, you know, uh, all right, there's rules governing highway signs that are in one section. And then technically these signs to buy pieces of highway are in another one. The highway signs that we um, that they're using right now is a loophole that we all overlooked. He admitted it. He said, you know, it was our mistake, but maybe they should have done this on purpose, you know, in all honesty, because even though the companies are getting to advertise maybe more than Colorado wanted them to, there is a benefit to the to the public, especially the the non-using public in the sense that like the, the highways are getting way nicer because they're, they're desperate to advertise and that's the only way to do it. Uh, so I think maybe... If I'm talking to our law enforcement here and we haven't or our um, politicians and we haven't, you know, come up with all those rules yet, we should probably go back to the drawing board and see if we can maybe uh, benefit from the same thing. Because it's I mean, those signs, they like almost never get purchased. People don't buy that often, but it's it's hot demand right now. I don't know if you're even raising the price on certain stretches of land because you know that a cannabis company is desperate to advertise on it. But it's a it's a huge thing. Uh, Another story that I found Amusing. Uh, I saw this as well in the same page, uh, the same paper. Uh, an attempt in Wyoming to break a world record had a horrible um, um, technical failure. Uh, and I don't even know how you would deal with this if you were one of the people that showed up at this event. And I guess it happened way back last year, but there was a fight with Guinness for a while to kind of beg for them to maybe reconsider. And that officially is closed now. Uh, more than 17,000 people attended a event where you all had to hold sparklers. And they were trying to break the record for most sparklers held while at an event. Uh, They actually had 2,500 total sparklers lit and going and crazy. Uh, The previous record was only 1713. So they were going to crush it. They were going to get a Guinness. And one of those silly ones that exist that so many people out there can gain. Uh, But they were going to get that record. Apparently, though, in order to to be uh, considered, you have to light the sparklers yourself. 
So some guy was going around and lighting for other people, and that was the technicality that you lost on. If you were invited out, if you had to go to set one of these gimmicky records, and then you lose on a technicality, I mean, many people would probably like, why did I do this? Honestly, you might say that anyway. Like, why, why did I come out? Why was I attracted to this whole thing? But I guess it's a whole guild that put it on, and they were very disappointed. They did it for their 50th annual uh, convention. They had everybody standing out outside waiting for sparklers to go. And obviously, if there's only 1,700 people and 2,500 total lit sparklers, there's a lot of people doing two. And those people all did it for absolutely no reason other than the fact that they get to say they screwed it up. It's kind of amazing. Uh, another story that I really like, and actually the social media post, if you go find it, is pretty funny. Uh, and by the way, no babies were harmed. I just want to start out by saying no babies were injured because people might be concerned. But a mom shared a photo Uh, She had forgot that she was full of fake tan and she was breastfeeding her kid. And then she, you know, looked at her kid's face after that occurred and realized he was covered in fake tan. Um, And everybody seems to love this photo in social media. Five-month-old Raph is the kid's name. He was with uh, Kenzie. And Kenzie apparently had noticed that, up some mistakes were made. Uh, She told the uh, news organization that covered this. Because, again, I love when, like, a reporter has to go out and interview someone for a thing like this. They're like, hey, are you the woman who went viral on social media for, you know, feeding your kid and then forgetting you had spray tan on. Yeah, okay, cool. I'm here to interview you for our paper. Um, but he said, she said when uh, reached out that I, I looked down at Raph and I just burst out laughing. I couldn't believe the tan had left his mouth looking like Homer Simpson. Uh, <laughs> Raph was asleep, so I thought I could, you know, squeeze in some tanning time. And then when he woke up, he was hungry. And lo and behold, mistakes were made. I don't know if you've ever done anything like that before. If you have a silly story, well, maybe babysitting a kid doing something wrong. I mean, there's one I've told before, uh, and it just made me feel like bad. I mean, like uncles, like, especially when it's boys, like if you have nephews, I feel like uncles are supposed to be like the fun uncle. They're supposed to do like the, the games goof around, whatever. And my nephews were, you know, they're still kind of crazy. They're nine and 10 right now. So they like doing like crazy stuff. They love nerf nerf darts is like their jam nerf weapons, nerf guns, whatever. And so I remember one day, one of the first times I would babysit them, Uh, My brother said, okay, man, like, we'll only be gone a few hours. We're trusting you with this. And I think my wife was out of town, too, so I really was alone uh, with the children. And then the first thing they do, as soon as they see Dad close the door and leave, they're like, it's Uncle Craig. We can do whatever we want. We have so many chances now that they're like, Uncle Craig, you want to play, like, a crazy game of Nerf War? And I was like, sure, kids, I'm down. As long as we're not, like, you know, doing anything bad, I feel like that's – would Dad say that's okay? Oh, he would say it's fine, and we can use the serious Nerf weapons. We can. They seem like they might hurt. Nah, it's fine. Come on. It's totally fine. And so then we all start playing, and lo and behold, I shot one of them in the eye. He was fine. Look, he was okay. Did he cry a lot? Did he get very sad? Did mom and dad have to come home? Yes, all those things happened. Was he rushed to a hospital? He was not. I did not screw up that bad my first time uh, babysitting my nephews, but you just feel terrible. You feel terrible to watch the joy of the kids breaking the rules with you and feeling like it's the coolest guy. It'd be like serving your kids, or I don't know, your nephews, like candy for breakfast. You know, like they'd be so happy during. They'd be like, this is the best moment ever. Uncle Craig needs to visit all the time. And then the minute they start getting sick from having too much candy, you'd be like, ah, no, it's turning for the worse. And that's exactly what happened. And the older one, because I shot shot the younger one. It was the younger of the two boys that got hit in the eye. And so then the older one was like, how could you do that, Uncle Craig? Why? And I was like, kids, I didn't mean to. I, what do we do now? Can I get you ice cream? But no, 
damage was done, and I had to call the call my brother, call his wife back home, and tell them that I was sorry. But Nerf War went the wrong way. You got to see the look on somebody's face when you do that too, because he's like, "What'd you say now?" And you used which guns? The really rapid fire ones. Yeah, you can. BC. Time for more Craig Collins style news on WJBC. It's Craig Collins show. AM twelve thirty WJBC. Just a few more minutes of me, and then you got Double Coach's show. Uh, starting out at Hy-Vee, starting at 6 o'clock. Uh, they will be a lot of fun, so stick around for those. Uh, if you know what TikTok is, and every so often I'm like told by somebody, I don't know, Craig, what TikTok is. So it's just an app. It's on your phone. It's a little, it's a video thing. It's almost like Vine, and I usually get in that conversation, and someone's like, I don't, I don't know what Vine is. Okay, fine. It's like a short YouTube that you put on your phone. That's the best way to describe it. It's like a minute-long version of YouTube, which can be any size video. It's video. It's Instagram with videos only. Am I, have I got you there yet, or are we still missing? I don't know. Anyway, I saw this story, and I thought it was hilarious. And I'm not usually one to like like the internet prankster guy. You know, like there's so many YouTube pages and other things out there where the, the game is just I'm going to prank people, and I'm going to put out videos, and it's hilarious. That's where we get, like, the licking the ice cream idiots who are actually committing a crime, by the way. Anytime you see one of those go viral, and it's a dude popping into a grocery store and putting his tongue inside an ice cream thing, yeah, you can get arrested for that. Unless you went ahead and bought that ice cream after you shot the video, you are in a lot of trouble. Uh, but this one, I find it funny, and I tell me if I'm alone in this, 829-235, I'd love to hear from you. Although the, the title of the, the article says, Monster. So they're calling the person who's doing this a monster. Monster is going around and seamlessly removing Wally from the Where's Wally or Where's Waldo books. I guess this is Wally in the UK. So that it, he's just drawing on it. <laughs> It's the funniest thing to me. Some guy is going everywhere he can, finding these Where's Waldo books, drawing another character over Waldo, and then closing the book so the next person to, I guess, rent it at the library or wherever people are using these things cannot find Waldo. And it's caused true chaotic evil, according to the Twitter posts of people who are locating these things. But the kid has been getting a lot of um, you know, reaction on his social media pages because that that's clever. You know, I would say that that's clever. I would say that you're not really hurting anybody long term. You're probably frustrating a lot of people. But it's not like the dumb videos where kids are doing, like I said, licking ice cream or like getting in a fight for no reason in a parking lot. This guy is just is just changing these Where's Waldo books. Uh, I guess in this case, Where's Wally books to not not include the character. And that is like that's an, a level of effort goes into that, man. If you found out you had one of these and you're like, wait a minute, he's literally nowhere. I've scanned the entire book. And then you see that some some Jamoke is changing them. You might laugh. I mean, a kid might not. OK, fine. There might be situations where it might go rogue on you. But hopefully it's all just for fun because uh, it seems to me it's the it's the best prank I've seen that lands in this world where a lot of pranks land. It's one of the funnier ones I've I've witnessed. So if you if you want to check it out. There's a kid, he's doing it, and maybe think of a prank similar, you know, something that doesn't hurt people, but just, I guess, gets on their nerves a tad, depending on who is using those books. Although they are, I, okay, now I'm talking myself out of it. They are targeting kids, so maybe it's a little funny, a little mean. I don't know. You tell me, 829-2345, with just a few minutes left here. Uh, we do have the Coaches Show once again coming up. Uh, my Polar Plunge is up on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Craig Collins Show. If you want to donate to that, you get a chance to win some Marauders tickets, Four season tickets to the Midway Marauders. That's a lot of season tickets for their first season here. So that should be pretty fun. I'm just saying, you know, I've I it's still at thirty bucks. 
It's a $400 value prize, and he only got a, a bit of 30 right now if someone's going to take it down for that amount of money. So you maybe want to consider it. Uh, one other quick story, and then I'll take another break. Uh, there was a woman out of New Jersey who looks almost exactly like Meghan Markle, apparently, like identical to her. And you were hearing about this in the U.K., one of the people that was one of the groups of people that were surprisingly injured by the fact that Meghan no longer wanted to be a royal were the people who pretended to be her in the UK. The, the doppelgangers just, ah, their jobs were all ruined. It was terrible. But apparently now ones in the U.S. and ones in Canada are picking up the slack. And this girl, like if you look her up, her name is Christine Mathis on social media. She does look almost exactly like they might be separated at birth kind of humans. But she is now like signing with an agency to be a double for Megan, uh, to maybe be a double, you know, in, I don't know, some official capacity every so often, which makes sense to me. But it, it's crazy that this, these are jobs. How would you like that if that was your job, right? Like the whole thing you had to do, maybe you go at the same place she's at and like you go out first to distract the paparazzi so she can sneak out behind and you got to pretend to be a famous person for a few minutes. And that's how you make your paycheck. And then maybe even go home and like you tell your parents that. They're like, son, we paid for four years of college. What are you doing with that degree? Well, you know, I kind of sort of look like Daniel Craig, so I've been living on that for a while, pretty excited about how it's going. Uh, that probably won't go over well next Thanksgiving. All right, I got a break. A lot more on AM 12. Showers tonight, cloudy with an area of fog, a low of 31. Tomorrow, AM clouds, then clear skies, high of 37. Wednesday, sunny, high of 32. Thursday, sunny, high of 30. Right now at Radio Bloomington, it's 37 degrees. you got Coach's Show coming up in just a few minutes on AM 1230 WJBC. One last quick thing I want to share. Tesla had a leak. Uh, their handbook, their employee handbook leaked. And while it's like pretty much standard compared to anyone else, people are very mad at the like phrasing, I guess, of this book because they think it's like overly familiar, kind of aggressive, regular, like, uh, I don't know, corporate speak. An example, we're Tesla. We're changing the world. We're willing to rethink everything. We're doing it different, and we like it that way. Being different allows us to do what no one else is doing, to do what others tell us is impossible. Welcome to Tesla. If you ever saw one of those, like, would you get mad at the place you're working? I don't know. I don't think I would. But people are very mad on the social media. They're saying that the book is essentially like Elon Musk's Twitter account gone completely rogue, like the insanest version of being super into his own company and literally nothing else. But anyway, that's it. I like that story. Check it out. You can find it on social media. This is the Craig Collins Show, AM 1230 WJBC. It's over now. It's time for the Coaches Show. Uh, enjoy that. You got two Coaches Show live from hy in just a few minutes here on AM 1230 WJBC. A lot of stuff in store for you tomorrow. More tickets to give away. And go get the Marauders.